1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off-Track Betting. Go to Betfredsports.com. For more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise Must be 21 or older Play responsibly for help Call 1-800-GAMBLER
2: Hey, it's Joey Casada. You're listening to Tom and Zeus on Shout It Out Loudcast If you want to hear two idiots with Boston accents talk about kiss You've definitely come to the right place One, oh, two, you can't
3: three, four, five, five
2: Shout it, shout it, shout it Shout it out loudcast Shout it! Shout it, shout it, shout
0: it! out loud, cast! Yes. <laughs> Tommy. Yes, Sonny. Is this mic loud enough? Yes, Sonny. Shall we begin? Yes, Sonny. Greetings and salutations, dearly beloved. Yes, welcome to the Shouted Out Loud Cast. Don't turn your radio dial. You're in the right place because the beautiful ones are back with episode 28. We're calling this one. This is a business and we're going to learn about Doves Crying, what D Elevator and Purple Banana actually mean and get Nikki's phone number and figure out who's really coming. Tommy and
2: Zeus, you onion heads, how are you doing? Wow, what an intro. Onion heads. (laughs) My goodness. (laughs) People can't, people can't see this right now, but Zeus is holding up a mirror for me so that I can look at myself, kind of like Morris Day and his buddy Jerome. Obi, Obi,
0: <laughs> Zeus, oh. your lips. Zeus, your lips would make a lollipop
2: so happy. <laughs> oh, we're back. It's just the three of us. So uh, it, it's a big one threw here.
3: out it's the a- trash, like like Morris Day's. Jerome and that lady—we slam dunk Jericho into the trash bin. We're all set. With oh that. yeah,
2: Th- this is going to be a combination movie review, album review, Prince review. Oh boy, lots of fun here. You
0: like that Prince basically became Batman on the motorcycle there for Dude, five years before okay. he's actually love it. Doing love Batman it. We'll,
2: well, I'll address that right now. Address what? How fucking <laughs> amazingly cool he is in this entire film. Dude. <laughs> and, when
3: he first pulled up and there's a crowd and he's like beep beep on his little bat girl
2: <laughs> fucking moped. Oh, it me. It, I reminded started, me it, reminded it reminded me laughing. It reminded me of the scene. It reminded me of the scene in Seinfeld when George has the cart and he's like, eh eh, eh, eh.
3: I've never seen this movie. That's I saw amazing. it at 11.30 last night. That's unbelievable. By myself, when that scene when he drives by everybody in the little Deep, deep. <laughs> the little purple Batgirl motorcycle that he's got—I fucking lost it laughing a lot.
2: I'm like, ah! <laughs> <What the fuck?" laughs> still cannot, still cannot believe that you just saw this movie. Wow, I, unbelievable! I know.
3: I know it's just one of those things that it was always like in pop culture. I would see my friends. I think we were like what the fifth or sixth grade. I shouldn't yep. have been seeing it with the fucking yep. language and shit in there. But wow. like, yeah, I just. You you can see the whole movie. All the dialogue is in the videos. If you've seen all his videos, you've seen the yep. movie. Yep. But yeah, it was the first time seeing it. There's a lot to get to. Yep. But as always, before we go forward, we go back, and we had uh, a pretty fun episode. That actually, uh, Tom made made a couple uh, news articles there. Well, we didn't. Um, our our guest host did Jericho. When he made some comments about, you know, Skid Row, Sebastian Bach, they should have been bigger and things like that. And uh, even Blabbermouth and a few other ones picked up the article and uh, talked about it. It was was very nice. and We liked it. Um, They did say that the three of us were like the best looking on that panel with Jericho, (laughs) right? Um, And, uh, yeah, let's go back
2: and let's talk about Slave to the Grind. All right. So, as usual, it's always a poll. So we did Slave to the Grind. It was our first uh, ever Patreon ARC pick. And uh, the poll is always favorite song. So our options, uh, we were all over the place with this between Me, Zeus, Sonny, and Jericho. So we came down to these four songs. Obviously, Monkey Business, then Quicksand Jesus, Wasted Time, and Title Track, Slave to the Grind. Monkey Business, no surprise, ran away with 44%. You had Slave to the Grind at 29, Wasted Time at 21, and then Quicksand Jesus, only 6% which is surprising because quicksand jesus is amazing um a couple quick comments here vet halen it's a tie between slave and monkey business i went with slave to the grind because there's a great tribute band here in denver that uses that title for their band name um let's see Stuart h says back in the day it was slave to the grind that blew me away but as time went on it was the slow songs i kept coming back to with each having their moment as my favorite yeah we did agree on on a lot of the the ballads for me with the standout tracks um space ace 30 wasted time is an amazing song glad to see sonny got this correct in his rankings great episode okay so i don't know what the correct rankings are but you did something right sonny so good for you for once yeah yeah uh jc says what an awesome pick for arc hoping next time they pick trickster's third album fifth one's better (laughs) there we go uh let's see clark side of the moon says true story when this came out slave of the ground was one of the two songs that inspired me to leave a quote safe but not me career path Ooh, i don't know what that means in my opinion this is skid row growing up a better album than the debut yeah, i think a lot of people might feel that way who knows Uh, and then we can get into a couple uh episode specific comments here people's thoughts on that let's see here joel hoffman I despise Baz, as everyone calls him. How much of a problem he is when his bandmates who make tons of money won't even do one show with him. This album gives me anxiety. There there are no flowing lyrics. They're so chopped up. His vocal tones are everywhere. I can't stand it. A very tedious album. I'm not going to disagree with you too much there, Joel. Uh, King Kusano. I only knew the hits from Skid Row before I listened to this episode. Thanks to your review, I'm going to keep it that way. Uh, let's see. Twisted Kister says you are all spinning gold in this episode. A lot of great points on why it sold and why it could not sustain momentum. I think this album is an example of why and how eighties metal disappeared. The girls grew up and moved on and us fellas were not filling the arenas. Let's see. Max English. Something special happens when it's the four amigos. Uh, not sure if everyone likes everyone in this group of four. (laughs) but it works somehow the podcast is better than the actual album. (laughs) Okay. I'll take that as a nice compliment. (laughs) Uh, Let's see what our buddy Steve. uh, He says, uh, not only do we have my favorite Skid Row album, but we also have the great Jericho. I saw them on this tour with LA guns and love hate. Ooh. All right. And let's see here. Donnie Howard wasted time is the greatest Skid Row song ever. And one of the best period. Wow, strong words from Donnie Howard. Uh, so that is Twitter. Zeus, you got some uh, Book of Face stuff you want to go over? Yeah, I'm going to try to keep this uh,
3: moving because uh, obviously, anytime Jericho's on, they get a ton of feedback. Our buddy, Mr. Kevin Jepson. This is a top 10 album for me. Only meh song is Creepshow. Sorry, Tom. Oh, I definitely side with Sonny on this one. Hoo-hoo. I've also seen Skid Row with all their singers live. And my band got to open for them during the Johnny Solinger era. Wow. Sebastian was someone I thought was the coolest guy on the planet. I watched all the home videos they had religiously. I also videotaped some of his solo shows for him when he was in my area. So many stories to tell you with all those guys. They recorded the video for Quicksand Jesus in Green Bay the first time I saw them. That song is a special memory. One of the best. Locke actually twisted his ankle near the end of that show and had to cut the sh- uh, the show short. I watched MTV News the next morning, and they talked about that. Crazy. Soundgarden opened that show. Anyway, I can't rank this. All great to me. These three hours plus flew by.
2: Wow, nice. Thank yeah. you, Kevin.
3: Uh, that was too serious for Kevin. Yeah, he can be serious once in a while. That's all right. <laughs> uh, someone named D. Snyder's Widowmaker definitely a heavier album than the debut clearly fans are split on this Defend depending on their love hate for their first album for me it was a natural progression but definitely wasn't going to get the mainstream airplane that they had a few years prior it debuted at number one because all the fans went out to get it right away it didn't have the longevity on the charts mainly due to the lack of singles and get an airplay on the pop charts bringing more sales from non-metal fans again this is what really helped sell the debut he makes an excellent point you know Yeah, it went to number one because people are like, oh, yeah, we love the last album, which went like platinum four times. And this sold half as much So after they bought it. A lot of people are like, yeah, I'm not too sold on this. Probably Mike Murphy. I was disappointed in my submission of Sleaze B's fourth album. Insanity Beach wasn't chosen, but this will have to suffice. (laughs) Jesus.
0: They're live in Leningrad is awesome. (laughs) You got to check it out.
3: Live <laughs> in, on the war torn <laughs> streets of fucking Ukraine.
4: <laughs> oh, God.
3: Joe Decker. This was the first album review I've listened to in which I could not listen along with you guys. <laughs> other than the three ballads, I couldn't get past more than 20 seconds of other songs without skipping it. Not a fan of this album or Sebastian Bach. I had the displeasure of meeting him Ooh. when the band... Was touring for the youth album They played a skating rink In (laughs) Kingston, Pennsylvania To a crowd of about 200 people Met Sebastian after the show And he could have been a bigger asshole Wow tough guy percent is so pretentious It's laughable How tough can you be When you're 170 pounds soaking wet And 20 pounds of that is hair It's easy to be tough And jump in a crowd and punch someone When you know security will be there Break it up in 15 seconds, the rest of the band was incredibly humble, kind and very giving of their time. I agree. Sebastian checks all the boxes what you would want in a rock singer. Too bad his personality is equivalent to a spoiled, rotten 13-year-old. Give credit where credits to. He sings the shit out of the three ballads. Other than those songs, the rest of my album is throwaway from me.
2: Joe Decker
0: bringing Heath. Oh, yeah. That's wow. the problem, right? You, If you check all the boxes, that's one thing. But if you check all the boxes and you know it, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah,
3: good point. <laughs> but at what point did the band probably look around and, like he's saying, they're all humble, nice guys? They're like, dude, what
0: the fuck? Well, that's why it is what it is yeah. to this day.
4: Yep. Um,
3: Brant Dickerson said, in my opinion, this album has the best vocals of any hard rock album ever.
2: He must have have not taken his medication. Check
3: (laughs) these ones out. James Guzenick, One of the best albums of all time. Oh, my period.
2: Oh, boy. Yeah. (laughs) Come on.
3: Uh,
2: As Paul Stanley would say, people.
3: (laughs) Over on our Loudcasters page, your favorite Matt Wallace, Tom. Oh, boy. Here we go. Love this album so much. Yes, it has some filler for sure, but most of it is killer filler. The production on this album is stellar. Beggar's Day is so much better than Get the Fuck Out. There was a recent record store re-release of this album. It's some of the best packaging quality that I've seen in a long time. It comes with additional side bonuses that include Get the Fuck Out in London that is priceless. You can look it up on YouTube! I'm
2: sure. YouTube. That's it! Wait that's a minute, that's it? Say. Wait a minute. So Matt Wallace only shows up on Shout Out Loudcast, not on ARC? That's disappointing. We're going to have to have a talk with him. Okay. So, Tom, uh,
3: everybody's favorite Loudcaster commentator. Did I say that correctly? Yeah. Um, Roy Gesterberg. Oh. Didn't Jericho say he was a better singer than Bach? I said no. And then he fucking go ahead and puts like something where he says, uh, some article that says, Jericho said that he's better than that. I'm like, if you know the answer to the question, why are you asking?
2: That guy is the definition of grumpy, curmudgeon, social social media shitster.
3: Yeah, he creates a lot of fucking drama with a lot of people on loudcasters. To each their own. Oh, I, I, Tom, I spoke too soon. Oh no, Matt Wallace, <laughs> he's back. Kill, marry, or fuck. Oh, here we go. Bridget Fonda, Vinnie Vincent, Bukaki Pooney.
2: I'm not playing this game. Let's continue. I can't do this.
3: <laughs> well, I can gay marry Pooney because he's fucking oscillating gambling. I would kill Vinnie Vincent. And then, oh, of course you got to bang Bridget Fonda, but not if it's the Bridget Fonda that we just recently saw. I would bang
2: Bridget Fonda. I think would I would bang. Not- would
3: you bang current Bridget Fonda if that, that picture was true? That, that, that wasn't
2: current? her. That wasn't her. I hope. Um, you're I, 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 in denial. I would. I would marry I hope Sonny. Not. I would marry Sonny, and then I would leave Vinny alone. So I would marry Sonny and then kill him in his sleep. So I would just. I would just do two things. <laughs> and you once. can inherit all his gambling winnings. <laughs> <laughs> take, all, take all the guitars that, that I don't see Hanging up on his wall anymore yeah. because he's in a different location
3: Yeah, exactly <laughs> uh, Graham Richley, in the top Two or three albums you reviewed so far ARC Absolutely awesome, inspired lyrics Killer grooves, amazing vocals Just finished listening to your review I'm so glad to confirm my opinion of Sonny's Taste Absolutely shocking <laughs> I saw a skid row open for GNR On their Use Your Lou Paper Tour and they blew them off the stage. Incredible energy and talent has resulted in being the band that I've seen the most times live outside of KISS. Oh, my goodness.
2: Wow. That's tough.
3: Oof. Justin Steele. Great review, guys. This is the Skid skidrome I never got into, so it's a good chance to give it another go. Subhuman Race is so damn good. I absolutely think it's better than Slave, thanks for the review.
2: Yeah, I don't know that album. <clears throat> I just know that it's a lot of people rave about it. You ain't missing much. <laughs> there you go. Well, I don't like Skid Row. You heard you heard me on the Slave to the Grind episode, so...
3: Yeah, I, I, I like <clears throat> Skid Row. I, I didn't really get into Subhuman Race, so who knows? Uh, over on YouTube! YouTube! Mr. Antonio 2005! In my subjective opinion, the first song Monkey Business and the last song Waste of Time were really great tracks. I like the heaviness of this album. In Canada charted at number eight, but didn't get the same critical reception that the debut did on our music video station. Music was really in transition 1991, and a tsunami was about to happen. I felt Skid Row had to go in this direction to survive. Epic year 1991 with Pearl Jam, Metallica, Red Hot Chili Pepper, Sound Guy, Nirvana, to name a few, all releasing albums that year. What a great time to be a music fan.
2: Good point. That's way too
4: positive. (laughs)
3: He's right, but he's just way too positive. JC, the first Skid Row album is for the girls. The second for the guys, case in point. I saw Bach last year do the entire Slave album. My wife wanted to go. I said, not sure you will like this. He's doing the entire Slave album. She looked at me and said, what's that? <laughs> Another amazing podcast. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, nice. Our buddy, Montreal Vooz. Excellent episode, guys. U3 and Y2J's breakdown of each song was pretty much spot on. Still have a recording of Skid Row in 89 at the Forum, opening for Bon Jovi. After listening to their debut nonstop in the Walkman for six months in college that year. Couldn't wait for Slave in 91. Really love the power metal approach, even now at this age. If hearing the beginning of the title track doesn't get you riled up, nothing will. Always enjoy in Room and Wasted Time in the background when passed out on the couch. Their version of Come On and Love Me is perfect. Snake and Rachel staying true to the distinct Kiss sound coupled with Sebastian's high octave voice. That's on the b side album. I have that. Saw them with Sebastian 2000 in Ottawa supporting Kiss Farewell. Not memorable. Not good. Awesome January shout out Loudcast. And us fans barely have the time to recover between your show. Thank you our buddy Costa. Very nice. And uh, that's it. Over to you,
0: Sonny. You got a couple emails? I do. Uh, so first one's from Mike H. I uh, titled it ARC Slave. Like pretty much everyone, I was surprised by this album with regard to the debut. Loved the first record, but it became apparent that to me that Slave was the, what the band wanted to do all along, but released a debut for recognition and get noticed before unleashing the beast. I likened it to courting a girl by telling her that I like to adopt puppies, help the blind, and collect precious moments, fragrance, just to get laid. But then after you move in, you admit to smoking crack on the weekends, (laughs) love getting pissed on during sex, and that you did a nickel in the joint for exposing yourself in the Macy's (laughs) store window after a three-day drug binge. That shit is way too detail that that sounds like all that happened
2: like it really happened yeah Yeah. it's
3: a lot of information to you know just make up on the fly
0: yeah yeah i love both the debut and slave for much different reasons uh thanks for another fine show and again hi sonny good job this time this time whatever uh then our buddy wesley beach I'm sure he's still reeling from me saying Graham Bonnet sucks. But uh, anyway, (laughs) um, he says uh, two things from previous ARC shows. First off, the cruise 10 second of love bears more than a passing resemblance to the plasmatics. Put your love in me released a year earlier. Nikki has said that he was a plasmatics fan and just one more thing he borrowed. They also used a chainsaw mannequin made to look like Wendy in some of their earlier shows. Coming full circle, Wendy interviewed both Tommy and Vince later on in the 90s, and he's put a YouTube clip in there. Wow. Then he said, also, my favorite Grand Bonnet story is when he was singing with Michael Schenker. Apparently, he'd had quite a few adult beverages, was feeling no pain when he dragged a guy out from backstage announcing, here's the guy who plays the solos the Germans can't. Of course, he was sacked from the band after the show. A classic moment in rock. My God. There you go.
2: Imagine that.
4: Oh, That's
2: God. awful. Oh, all right. And I got a couple emails. We'll fly through. <laughs> our, our buddy Craig Moran. Hey, guys, another great album pick. Growing up in New Jersey, it was awesome to see a rock band from my home state that had more balls than Bon Jovi. I got the self-titled album. After seeing Youth Gone Wild on MTV and got to see them open for Aerosmith's Pump Tour. In the spring of 91, I'd already seen a video for Monkey Business and was psyched for the new album. On release day, I drove to the mall after school and picked up the CD. Couldn't wait to listen to the album. As you guys mentioned, the one, two, three punch of the first three tracks was awesome. And the dark ballads were amazing. As a 17-year-old high school senior, Get the Fuck Out was hilarious. However, 30 years later, it's not a great song. Following summer, I got to see them do their headlining show in the parking lot at the Meadowlands with Pantera opening. It was the only year they had this outdoor venue, most likely because of this concert. It was metal folding chairs and bleachers in the back. During Pantera set, hundreds of folding chairs flew through the air during fucking Hostile. Oh, I can only imagine. It was a sight to be seen. Both bands killed it. And for Skid Row's first encore, Ace Frehley came out to perform Cold Gin with the band. Wow. I stuck around with Skid Row through Subhuman Race. Once Sebastian was out, so was I. You guys kill it every episode. I'm dying to hear what Sonny's next pick is. Sorry for the long email. Cheers, Craig. Good stuff. Uh, and then we got an email from uh, our friend from Finland. Uh, Zeus, it's not Tepo Numinen. It's not no. Esetikanen. No. It's not Rayo Rutsalainen. It's oh, wow. Yanni Aslak Rasanen. Oh, sweet. yes. I thought a you were going to say Yanni Gogolak. Remember uh, him? Maybe him too. I, as long as it's
3: not handsome Tuka Rask. <laughs> Holy handsomeness. Yanni the says love a mon- child of the Grinch and an elf.
2: That's true. Uh, he says, Yanni says, a monumental episode on a personally monumental album. First two Skid Row albums were the records I played while waiting for my temporarily weakened Kiss fandom to recuperate 92 with Revenge and Extreme Close-Up. I even brought the song Slave to the Grind to my jukebox jury in the eighth grade, but it didn't win. The debut album was good, but a little tinny sounding. I was almost ashamed to admit liking it, especially around bigger boys who were into Metallica and Maiden. It was borderline girl rock, but the second album was nothing to be ashamed of. Gone with a hair metal shtick in production, and man, the pipes on the young Bach, unbelievable. Maybe my favorite singer of that era, he had it all. The pipes, the face, the body, the bad attitude, like Axel with a sense of humor, and girls just ate it up. I think that pissed off the rest of the band, and the heaviness of Slave might be a result of the band resisting its popularity among the girls. But while the second album is strong, there are fillers, and it's a bit lengthy. In hindsight, leaving a couple songs for the third album could have done a favor for both. Even the weakest songs on Slave to the Grind would be A-list material and Subhuman Race. To me, the thing about too many words being sung too fast, like on Shout at the Devil and Monkey Business, is obvious Steven Tyler influence. As we all know, Nikki and Bach are big Aerosmith fans. Those songs are trying to imitate the flow and groove of Walk This Way. And the likes, just as Nikki's six-striped costume in 85 is copying the late 70s of Steven Tyler. Excellent point. P.S. I agree with Jericho. The home videos, Oh, Say Can You Scream, and Roadkill were awesome. As was this episode. Great job, guys. All right, Yanni. Thank Excellent. you, Petri Scrico. <clears throat> there you go. Excellent. Y- and Yurke Lume. Great. There you go. All right. Uh, we got a short one here from Jerry Blackwell, who may or may not be the person sitting in front of us right now. Sonny Pooney. <laughs> <Go laughs> Jerry. Jerry. In other words, agree, hey, Jerry. With me. Is that what it is? Yes. Hello, Hello Jerry. Hello, Jerry. Uh, Hello, hey, G- Newman. <laughs> hey, guys. Jericho did a great job of adding context to the conversation. I love that some of you don't have any problem disagreeing with Chris, even though most wouldn't openly disagree with his persona and personality. Slave to the Grind is okay, but didn't deserve all the ball licking it got. <laughs> Bach is not that great and even a worse personality. What a fucking whiner. Keep up the great work, gents. Love, Sonny Poony. Wow, that's excellent. I love that. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, and finally, we'll finish up here with Mac Maddie. There is something definitely different about Skid Row versus all the other bands from that era. In listening to you guys, maybe the Skids didn't see, did see the change coming and got ahead of it. Monkey Business is the best song, but the ballads are killer. Sebastian's voice was perfect for the album. Now, let's get back to the hair metal reviews. They seem to be more indecisive. Well, Mac, Maddie, you'll be happy that we went the exact opposite direction. (laughs) And we're going to 80s pop. So uh, that's the feedback on Slave to the Grind. All right, guys, before we get
3: started, give me a second. I got to go grab my uh, (laughs) green-colored moped so I can... Cruise the mean streets of Minneapolis with Prince. Beep, beep.
2: Well, we're back after that because uh, I had it painted purple because apparently Zeus thought it was green, but it's, it's purple. Everybody was well, so. different.
3: I can't. I don't have the balls to be like, I'm taking Prince's color. Come on. OK. Right. Okay. But we're back. We're back already. You know what they say about Prince, though? You remember what Chris Rock used to say? There ain't no black people in Minnesota. The only black people in Minnesota are Prince and Kirby. Kirby Bucket. Bucket. <laughs> That's right. Well, we got it. We I know since the day we met Sonny that he's been a huge Prince fan. I know that you are a huge Prince fan. And so this is your pick, Tom. Tell us about how you got into this album and how we got here. We're doing Prince today.
2: All right. So I wanted to I wanted to pick something different. Like Zeus kind of broke the mold a little bit when he picked the Eagles. It got out of the hair metal, hard rock stuff. So, Prince to me is is one of my all time uh, artists. You know, when it comes to him, uh, I'm, I'm probably a little bit different than Sonny, and I'm sure he'll he'll comment on this. Where I'm an '80s Prince guy. Uh, I was very very close to picking 1999, but I went with Purple Rain just because it's a little bit more fun to talk about because it has the movie. But I, I've as I've mentioned on many other ARC episodes, I have a sister who's four years older than me. Uh, She was the one that got me into Prince. We were listening to the controversy album, especially the 1999 album was massive. Then this comes out. And of course, MTV, the videos and Prince is just everywhere. And not to mention that, I mean, as much as I have the love of kiss and Metallica and all the hard rock and metal albums that we've done on ARC so far, um, I probably have a longer and closer musical relationship with pop and hip hop and R and B, Zeus knows my love for rap. We both do that. So this is the kind of stuff I find myself listening to a lot more often. You know, whether I'm going for a run or taking a long ride in my car, I'll play stuff like Michael Jackson or you know '80s pop or hip hop R and B stuff like that. So I wanted to pick an album that wouldn't make people too crazy because I'm pretty sure everybody has some love for Prince some way, you know, shape or form. Maybe they don't. We'll find out. But yeah, this this album. And Prince in general is very, very, very important to me and my musical taste and my musical history. And uh, I just thought it would be a blast. I know know Sonny's a huge Prince fan. I don't know exactly where Zeus is on this. I mean, probably not that big because you just watched the movie last night. (laughs) Um, But it's going to be a fun thing to talk about. There's a lot to talk about here. And I will say this. I told the guys I had to really pare down my notes because in front of me right here, and Sonny, I think you said you have the book. I have a 600-page book on the making of the Purple Rain album. <laughs> so I had to uh, really, really, really nickel and dime my notes uh, to the point where I really shaved a lot of them off here. So uh, that's uh, that's Prince and Purple Rain. And uh, Sonny, how about you? Yeah, for me, I'm coming into music
0: in 84, MTV Kid, um, when Doves Cry was the first video song that got my attention. Uh, I haven't turned 15 yet by the time it comes out. So, Christmas '84, I've told the story before. My first album purchase, I bought four albums that day uh, Animalized, White Snake, Slide It In, uh, Dynasty, and Purple Ring. Right. And there was something about Prince. And the videos that made me an instant fan. Now, I didn't see the movie till a couple of years later because I was young, right? And it was rated R movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite get everything that was kind of going on. But the part that I did get was here's an artist of color that actually plugs in a guitar and made it kind of everything seem possible. Like I'm, I'm listening to the, all these artists that are plugged in and distorted guitar and I'm liking the melodies and the music. But now here's an artist of color that's doing the same thing, but he's almost hiding it underneath these dance tracks, which is a little weird. I would say Prince caught me early in life. I credit him for being this weird, (laughs) eccentric guy. And me growing up in California, you'd always see kind of weird stuff. And it didn't seem so weird to me because I was seeing weird and I was kind of okay with it. Right. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure I shake my head once in a while and probably give a weird stare. But in the end, I embrace it all. I have, you know, there's Prince fans that have left him over the years and then came back after he died. I never left. I was a Prince fan through and through. He's the one who made me appreciate pop and other R&B acts. And uh, that's why I love stuff like Boys to Man and the boy bands and all this other stuff, because. Prince was kind of like the, I don't know the person who kind of got me all into it. Although I never met the guy. Mm-hmm.
3: Zeus. So like everybody, you couldn't escape him if you grew up as a kid in the eighties. So we're talking, I'm in grade school stuff and yeah. MTV's out there. Of course, purple rain is out there. I never saw it. Um, I never saw the movie, um, but it's, it, the funny thing is I feel like I've already seen it just by seeing all the videos uh, I in this album they were reviewing, I'm like, How am I fatigued of an album that I've never owned <laughs> because I know all these songs and I know them because I hear them all the time? Or you couldn't escape it's like doing Madonna like a virgin, like, okay, let's go over that. Like, you didn't hear that, you didn't see the video, like, we all did, we grew up, and that's what these kids today miss, they never have that focused attention on like video and music and turning on the radio. Like, like they a never... phenomenon,
2: a, a cultural phenomenon. They don't
3: or, experience Or that. the patient, because everything's at <clears throat> their fingertips. <clears throat> so that might be, you might be interested in music, but, uh, or a movie or this, and it's right at your phone. And you could do it. Like there's no appreciation for it. It's disposable. So, yeah. So for me, Prince um, was the harder Michael Jackson, a guy that could sing. He could dance, he could rock, he could play all the instruments, he could do everything. But I found out last night, he can't act. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) I will get into that. How How dare you? God bless him. I mean, it's one of those things that you can't escape like certain musical genius. I don't like it, but you understand it. Um, Duke Ellington I don't listen to Duke Ellington But I can tell you that fucking man was a genius I'm not a big Prince fan But I can tell you right now that guy's a fucking genius Did I But this is the most Easily for me To get into because I Grew up with this music I grew up with this But I will say I was Hoping for you To pick 1999 because The song itself the video Is one of my favorite all time not Little Red Corvette and not I get delirious. <laughs> not that, but the song 1999. I fucking love it. Little uh, little black guy with the little fucking
2: Japanese headband there guy yep. Yep. who was apparently in the movie too, right? His little. No, no because that was Prince. That was not Prince in the Revolution. No, but he was one of the acts.
3: He was. Oh, he, yes,
2: yes, yes. He, right. Yes, and he, he, he kind
3: of left and then the Wendy people kind of over as the guitarist for him. But yes. yeah, and he was one of the three acts that they were going to cut down after the other one. Yeah, Des
0: Dickerson. Des Dickerson.
3: Des yes. Dickerson.
2: Yes, yes, I
4: liked, sang, I yeah, I like him.
2: He sang, he's he's, he's saying Modern Air, which is written by Prince. Yeah. yeah. Want to be a modern air? Modern air, <laughs> modern air. I,
3: I just like his pot when he sings in 1999. That, that little... <laughs> anyway, um, so I got into Prince like everybody else. Pop culture, phenomenal and uh over the years i've you know loved a lot of his songs and other stuff i'm like i don't get it uh i did have that greatest hits thing the two cd thing Mm -hmm. that had the two different covers and um and somebody stole it from stonehill (laughs) of course hence hence that's why we started putting the black marks and different marks on all our cds um but yeah prince is fucking amazing he's a great talent um and uh, I'm I'm glad you picked this, Tom, because there were some deep tracks on there,
2: some deep cuts that I, I didn't really know. Yeah, I, I was I was very, very close to picking 1999. A couple reasons why I didn't was um, I didn't know. I mean, I love both albums. To me, Purple Rain is a much more accessible album, which is why it was more successful in 1999. For all the hits that are on 1999, it's very, very. Uh, there's a lot of stuff on there. That's very experimental. Uh, you could use the term progressive on there. Uh, a lot of them, there's a lot of like seven, eight minute songs where he's really going off the rails. I love it. I, I love it. I, it might be more of a masterpiece than purple rain. Uh, but purple rain is the accessible album. It's only got nine songs. Um, it checks off all the boxes in terms of, you know, the ballads, the upbeats, the rockers, and you guys said it, said it best. And I didn't really cover this. Prince checks off those boxes you get the stuff that you love about michael jackson with prince you get the stuff that you love about pop music with prince you get the stuff that you love about guitarists and guitar solos with prince he he covers all those bases and the songs that he writes are all over the place you know like i said the dance anthems the ballads the love songs the, the you know the dirty songs that we're going to get into so he 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 does everything under the guise of that pop synth based, you know, kind of funk music. Plus he
3: could play a mean game of ball and he can make uh, pancakes for you after he whips your ass.
0: Yeah. So what's right. interesting is Michael and Prince have history, right? They were on the charts same time, blah, blah, blah. Some people say they didn't like each other. Um, and, you know, all the Prince stories are going to tell today, whether it's in a book, whether it's during the review, they're just stories because Prince didn't do them in the interviews. So you don't really yeah. know what's real or what's not real, yeah, but there is a reclusive. story. Prince was supposed to help. He was supposed to be the dual. They're supposed to do a dual vocal for bad. So Michael Jackson called him and said, let's do this song together. Now think about that, right? Because it's in the mid eighties, both of them are huge, right? So <laughs> supposedly Prince read the lyrics. And the first lyric is your butt is mine. And he goes, <laughs> Well, who's singing that line? Because you you ain't singing that to me, and I sure the fuck ain't singing that to you. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of that. Nice. Right? So who knows if that's true or not, but it makes sense.
2: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that,
3: is, that is fucking pretty good, though, right? And I mean, the other thing is, I thought I read something, and it was like Bon Jovi that said it. Um, a couple other people mentioned the fact that He is really, the him and Jimi Hendrix are the only two that really form their own little. It's black music and white music, and they both accessible to both. Yep, you know that it doesn't make a difference. You can like it, and you're not like, oh, that's white people like an R and B. Ain't white people liking Cool in the Gang and shit. It's it fits both types of music, and it transcends. and, And color has nothing to do with it. You don't think of it that way. And it, it because he is kind of like become now more or less in his, in the later years, like a guitar kind of God hero at some point. And, uh, but he's got that soulful voice. He certainly doesn't have white guy dance moves. He can fucking
4: dance. Oh, good
0: God. Yeah. yeah. And, <clears throat> and you uh, noticed, and you noticed the crowd in the movie, right? It was male, oh, female, black, white, like they're trying to do mass appeal type stuff
2: absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. i mean even even when the when the movie when they were doing premieres for purple rain the primary the 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 audience screening was almost a 100% white people <laughs> because they wanted they they knew wh- how much more powerful this album could be if yes the black audience will like this but if we can cross over and have the white audience like this film forget it and we'll we'll get into that. We'll get into the connection, obviously, between the soundtrack and the movie itself. Which came first, the chicken or the egg type stuff? There's there's a lot to unpack.
3: I just think he transcends it. He is just yeah. natural ability, and he probably doesn't have to sit there and go, "Well, I think I can get some, you know, the white on." If I do, I think he's just his music speaks for itself. Agreed. Yep. You know. Yep. Yep. So uh, we talked about how we got into the album. Let's get a little couple facts of the album. We're talking the album, not the movie, okay? Mm-hmm. So Purple Rain came out on my birthday, June 25th, 1984. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. Um, it's produced by Prince in the Revolution, and it spent 24 weeks at number one. <laughs>
2: Imagine that.
3: That's 13 insane. times platinum. It made $25 million worldwide. It's Prince's sixth studio album, his first number one album, one of the best-selling albums of all time. It won the Grammy for Best Rock Vocal Performance by Duo or Group, Best Score Soundtrack, okay, Best Original Song uh, Score for Prince. It's considered by Rolling Stone number eight greatest album of all time. It's a Grammy Hall of Fame. It's in. It got added to the Library of Congress's National Recording Registry list of sound recordings. That are culturally and historically aesthetically important. Think about that. Kind of yeah. like uh, I don't know, crazy licks, fucking rocks street lethal.
2: Yeah, no, I, street I mean lethal. the same you can that same information applies to uh animalized by kiss. It's it's culturally yeah. and significantly uh, important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. fucking
3: <laughs> sure is. Um, it made obviously Prince a superstar, as we all know, and uh Just, I don't know. This in Hotel California, the two albums we've done that are kind of off the track. Yep. The fucking accolades that both of these albums, Grammy wins, uh, number of albums sold, uh, all this stuff like, we're not used to saying Grammy award winning albums from the album review crew. I don't think Rainbow is Down to Earth was winning a Grammy. or fucking bad English or anything like that. So,
0: yeah. But think about this. So half the year, basically, at number one, right? 1984, Born the USA, Bruce Springsteen, Like a Virgin, Madonna, 1984, Van Halen, The Unforgettable Fire, U2, Let It Be by The Replacements, Private Dancer by Tina Turner. Like, these are big. Did you just say
3: The Replacements?
0: Yeah, that was yeah. a big album.
3: What did sell a million out a million copies?
0: Oh, it was it was it, a huge. It, it on charted the for a while. Yeah, Reckless, Brian Adams, Make It Big,
3: um, uh, Michael Wham. Jackson was still selling. This fucking what do you call it? Yep. it was still, Thriller yep. was still selling in '83. Yeah. Oh God, these are yeah.
0: big, big albums.
2: And and when the thing, and you brought up a good point, Zeus, about you know talking about uh, Hotel California, The Eagles, and this. These are albums that will never stop selling as long as people are listening to music like I just bought it remember uh, right I I mean I mean I I just I uh, target just re-released their version because target you know a vinyl it's like a purple vinyl with a friggin poster inside you know there's the exclusive picture disc that I have I mean the stuff's never gonna go away people are always gonna buy these particular probably you know like appetite for destruction that album will never stop selling you can't get the movie for free the
0: nope. movie's not on YouTube. You have to buy it or rent. No, yeah. I did. I watched it for free. You oh, did? you did? Where'd you watch it on? What was the channel you told me to watch it oh, on? Oh, Tubi. Tubi. U B I streaming t- service. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. it
3: has commercials.
0: Commercial commercials. Yeah. yeah. But
3: they were swearing. I saw yeah. Apollonius big fucking cantaloupe. Knockers. <laughs> yes.
4: <laughs> Woo! Yeah.
3: Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's just incredible. Like you made the point, Guns and Roses. There's never going to be another debut
2: album ever. Is going to break that record now because then albums don't sell.
3: So and, there's never gonna, and,
2: and, and there's never going to be a generation that's going to be like, ah, that album's no good. Let's move on like, to something. That album's yeah. just going to continue to sell. I'm thinking out loud. How many soundtracks are
3: bigger than this? Saturday Night Fever? Saturday Night Saturday Fever. Night Fever. But is that really still going to keep selling like Purple Rain?
2: Uh, Well, see, that's that's that one's interesting because that is a specific genre of music that it now is considered laughable by a lot of people. Footloose. Footloose is still huge. Who's buying Footloose? now? But that's the thing. Footloose. They
0: re-release it, though.
2: Footloose is a a slice of the 80s. It's got some fun pop songs. You know, I mean, I like Saturday Night Fever because I like the Bee Gees. I think that album's great. But Grease. See, another one. There you go. uh, when, like, John Travolta or Olivia
3: Newton John die, that's yeah. gonna fucking make those albums go number one again.
4: Yes. That's agreed. what ends up
2: happening. Yeah. And when Prince died, like, a lot of these songs went right up the charts again. But the thing about this album, you know, and I mean, I guess we could talk about it now since we're talking about soundtracks. Like, this was supposed to be a soundtrack album. It was supposed to have, you know, stuff by Des Dickerson, stuff by, I mean, we were robbed by not having a recorded version of Sex Shooter by Apollonia. But I mean, the fact recorded that versions, but the not fact But I was going to say, I mean, the fact that Sex Shooter is not on this, uh, we <laughs> were robbed. So because he, that's what More it was going to Day in the time. Exactly. I was Obi. just going to say, it yeah. was supposed to be a legitimate soundtrack, like the sync, like the single soundtrack. All the bands are on. Prince is like, nah, it's my <laughs> album. I'm doing <laughs> it. It's mine. <laughs> it's my album. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. And so it never got that soundtrack treatment. It became a Prince solo album, you know, or oh, not a solo, but a Prince album.
3: Okay. So we talked about the facts of the album. Yeah. The movie. Okay. Yeah. I didn't see it. When did you see it? Because you're my age. Sonny's a couple years older. I'd be shocked if he saw it.
0: Sonny, go ahead. I didn't see it till 87. Okay. okay.
2: You're a little older. When did you yeah. see it? Yeah. I didn't see it came out in 84. I was 11. I, I, again, I had a sister that's four years older than me. So she was 15. Obviously I didn't see it in the theater. She didn't see it in the theater, but that was right around uh, not long after it it was when, it's when, when when cable TV came out, when VHS rentals came out. Um, I remember, I I remember seeing, and at the time you didn't have access to like, like, Oh, is this an appropriate movie or is it rated R because of this sex? Is it rated R because his language? So you watch the movie and I'm like, Apollonia just took all her clothes off and just jumped in the lake. This is the greatest movie ever. And it's got Prince on a purple motorcycle. It's like, you know what I mean? Beep beep. Yeah. Yeah. For those people listening that live in the Bay Area, I saw it at the Capri Theater for a dollar in 1987. Nice. By the way, you keep making fun of the beep beep motorcycle. Prince is only four feet tall. He can't drive a Harley. (laughs) maybe it's it's a little
3: power wheel it's thing, like, like it's from, from, from it's like batgirl's fucking motorcycle <laughs> from the 60s
2: movie so cool. the tv it's like series a, it's like a vespa although uh, it, it is funny we keep we keep teasing the motorcycle now that this came out in 84 this was like a legitimate like this was like a street a street motorcycle that came out like a that fucking end. like japanese honda or something that's all it is that's all it is it's got the purple shield on it by the way it brought up the Bat Girl from the sixty.
4: Oh, oh yeah. Ooh, nice that outfit. Oh,
3: Oof. Man, was she not ninety now?
2: I still want to know. I still want to know how Apollonia got that leather suit back on when she was soaking wet coming out. Of the list. I'm right. not buying it. I'm yeah, not buying. I'm it. not buying it either. That's like Ross trying to put the exactly. Leather. Yeah. That's exactly. <laughs> Dude,
3: yeah, that whole whole fucking scene. Hi, I just met you. Let me put you on my fucking moped and take you to a secluded swamp area. Yeah, sure, no problem. I don't know you, and I'm a stranger in this town.
2: Well, you have to purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> and he tried to stop her. He said, "Wait, just right he did jumped, not. He said like, that as her as she was in the air. He didn't stop her. He she, wanted to see her go when
3: she took those leather pants off, and then Ooh. all of a sudden, those banana tits popped out. <laughs> Bang. She's so hot. She's oh, gorgeous. Oh, she's but fantastic. just, just like. Dude, there was so many 80s things of that movie that I saw uh, that I was cringing. Bodies fucking slamming a chick into a dumpster. They, oh would ha- they would be picketed so fast if that was in a fucking movie now. Oh,
2: yeah. But it was Morris Day and Jerome doing it. So it was how cool. much pimp slapping was going on in that fucking movie? Oh. And, how ba- and how about a young Clarence Williams oh, playing yeah. his dad? Yeah. Yeah. That was amazing. I didn't oh. recognize it till afterwards.
3: I look at the fucking, thing. I'm like, "What was he in the movie? He was, the, was dad. the dad."
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, yep, yep. That had to have, and I think that's the worst the thing I put. The worst acting I've ever seen in a fucking movie, except who, for by, Clarence but, Williams. You <laughs> <mean> <laughs> by the by whole Prince? fucking, by everybody, it's well, because, just you know yeah, horrendous. Of- Nobody's an actor; they're all fucking musicians. The whole thing was horrible.
2: As all a, of as the a, acting at,
3: was terrible.
2: As I'm watching this movie, I'm like, God damn it. If Kiss did something like this, like a regular script and not oh. battling fucking space aliens and an amusement park director. Paul Stanley
3: is fucking wishing that somebody had the vision to put him in this movie. Like, I'm the I'm the Prince guy. Like, he he would only dream of being you were, as cool as you, Prince portrayed in this movie. So you, I will say this. I'm going to tell you right now, I've told you this movie was like fucking an hour and a half waste of my life. It was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. The plot, everything was just fucking stupid. Prince is a fucking star. Just show him playing a live concert. I would have preferred that when he tries to act and the opening up the door to stop his dad fighting. Dude, that is the most effeminate Opening of a door, I've ever seen. Oh, stop fighting! Oh, like, oh my
0: god, <laughs> Jermaine, stop like teasing. It. Yeah, <laughs> I like it later in the movie. So, mom looks pretty roughed up. Any idea how she got that way? Oh, I know
3: <laughs> it was like Anton Merriweather and from Girls on Film, that's what it looked like. And, and there's this, like, dude, he has sex with that Polonia, then he drives her home. And he has that same pirate shirt on.
2: <laughs> like, well, I don't want episode? to be a pirate.
3: <laughs> I think it was hilarious because I think it was Charlie Murphy when he was talking oh, about playing them in yeah. the back. Yes, and, yes. and he's like, and he's like they wore that same movie from the club, the same clothes from the club to play basketball with them. And he said he was dressed like Zorro. <laughs> yeah.
2: The funny thing about the movie, you, you said it.
4: Prince had on like a, it was like a Zorro type outfit. It had the ruffle come down the front. He had the big current fluffed down and all that. And the mustache was really like drawn on his face. And it looks like
1: something that a figure skater would wear. You know what I'm saying?
4: This was
2: print. This was so, well, while they were touring for, for 1999, Prince was like, I want to make a movie and he was so obsessed with making a movie that they canceled the remainder of the
3: 1999. Yeah, but he, tour. he was like, I'm going to be the star in this, and he shopped it around till somebody said, you'll do it. Exactly. Because he's like, yep. I'm the star. It's going to make me like I want to do it. God bless him. He had it. But yep. He also called it his figure skating outfit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but but dude, the funny thing is, all the like, Come jokes. On.
3: Wait, wait, wait. He goes, you know, you, you got that shirt, and it ain't and it damn made from a men's department store. <laughs>
4: you know we're gonna call this the shirts against the blouse <laughs> and when i said that this look came on his face Uh-oh. He asked and i'm looking back at him thinking to myself you know what are you angry about i mean you know where you got that shirt from and the damn show wasn't the men's department I mean, I- but all the joking that we make if you step
2: back he can pull it off. It's believable because it's Prince doing it. Like when you see Paul yeah. Stanley with some when you see Paul Stanley with some of those outfits like that, that is absurd. <laughs> you look like you look ridiculous. Prince can pull this off.
0: Zeus, you think the acting's bad here? Watch the next movie. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs>
3: the graffiti one.
0: No, under, under the, the cherry, cherry moon.
3: moon. Oh. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, but Is that the one that has Sheena Easton in it? That's the uh, black and white
2: one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, no. It's, it's, it. it's not good. It's not I'm good.
3: I'm just saying, it was so bad. When they first show, Apollonia showing up, and there was, like, that white fucking blonde, like... Um, oh, she's hot, too. Hi. What are you doing here? Uh, uh, like, dude... <laughs> Who's the director going holy shit? I know they're hot, but can you fucking act a little? It um, was let's be so serious. This,
2: this entire thing was a vehicle for Prince and the yeah, Revolution. That's, that's all it was. was. That's I all know, you know.
3: But he can save it because of the fucking and I will say this about the movie: the legendary fucking musical scenes. Oh it's, it's uh, insane. Like, watch some of the early like jailhouse rock, the Elvis stuff, and yeah. then he does the fucking jailhouse scene. Yeah, like there's all the part. What do you mean, dude? Lift your head up. You're acting on TV. <laughs> we can't hear you. Like, yeah, this is bad acting. But like, yeah. he is such a star. When you see the fucking "Let's Go Crazy" video, Ugh. or or the other ones, yeah. and you're like, "Yep, dude, what the fuck, man?" Commands on... the stage. Yes,
4: yeah. you can't if keep this... your eyes off him.
3: Watching either every dance move, every stupid like Paul Stanley hand gesture, licking the face, and stupid shit. You know.
0: Yeah. If this was a documentary where all you saw was Prince backstage, he's a normal person. He makes spaghetti just like everybody else. And then he's, it wouldn't have done as well. That's right. just all there is to it.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah I, I get I get what you're saying. Like they needed to put, let's put it like it's like porn. We can't just yeah. show them fucking.
0: Let's that's put right. a
3: stupid story of a diamond that's exactly. dealer that's trying to get his diamond back. In the meanwhile, he's banging the fucking reception.
2: There you go. That's it. 20 minutes yeah no one's watching this no one's watching purple rain because they're like oh what a sad home life his father abuses his mother no they're watching (laughs) this so that they can watch him do the dance moves to computer blue with prince of the revolution (laughs) oh
3: dad stop it exactly and then when he was doing that little puppet thing popping i'm like dude what the
2: fuck is my watching what the fuck am i I watching watching? that part of the movie i like that scene I like that scene because I truly believe that that was like really Prince. That's real. Yeah. Yep. That's real. Yep. I, I'm just saying the whole
3: of like, he, like when he's got Apollonia and in the in the pond area. Yeah, we just met her. And he's got her stripping down. Like, if another guy, a couple guys came around, <laughs> like like in My Body Guy, remember that movie? Oh, with God.
4: Yeah. With a bully.
3: yeah. Like, if a bully that sees Apollonia, like a bunch of like construction guys, and they see Prince beep beep coming by this little moped, they were just like, it would be so cringeworthy. Like, hey, get out of here, little little girl. I'm going to pick up this woman. Like, no, leave her alone. She's with me. Like, come on,
2: dude. He's Prince. He's Prince. That's right. He's the man. Oh, Jesus.
3: So before we get into the tracks, let's talk about the album cover.
4: Beep, beep.
2: So before we get into the album cover, I got to bring this up, Zeus, and you probably remember this. So at Stonehill, Mm -hmm. we took a I believe you were in the class. We took a course taught by Bruce Murray, who wore a cape, (laughs) and it was called American Music in the 20th Century. And one of the assignments was you had to write a paper on a soundtrack i wrote like a 10 page paper on purple rain broke down every song how it appeared in the movie and everything like that and i remember i remember the professor was like i don't really know much about prince but after reading your paper i think i'm interested in purple rain And <laughs> i was like wow all right i'll take i'll take the i'll take the grade then is that gonna be an extra attachment to our twitter feed your paper That'll be a Patreon exclusive. You get to read my senior year Stonehill report on Purple Rain. And the only reason I
0: got an A was on page three. It says Apollonia takes her top off.
2: Right. Actually, you <laughs> know what, though? Yeah, but, Sonny, I don't know if this guy would have preferred that. Put it that way. <laughs> then he show the uh,
3: prince uh, playing that song with the shirt on. Them. Exactly. Ooh. I think
2: he would have preferred that. But anyways, go ahead with the cover. Uh, well, yeah. You, you know,
0: you got prince in the in the poster thing that you've seen your whole life with him on the purple bike there. I kind of like the feeling of the alley with the smoke. And I don't know if Apollonia is saying bye to him, hi to him, or she's just peeping them. I don't know what she's doing there. I like the cover though.
2: I think it's a good cover. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I think, I think it's, I think it's legendary. I think it's iconic. Um, like you said, the smoke in the background. I mean, prince looks as badass as he's ever going to look because prince is not a badass you know he's sitting there in the purple outfit straddling the purple you know motorcycle a foggy background you know apollonia looking blazing hot in the, in the lit doorway um you know you get the little border on the side there with the flowers the the silver background the big purple that cool prince font um it, it's a it's a it's a legendary iconic yet simple cover
3: yeah, it's so legendary that I never owned this album, but if the picture was different, I'd be like, that doesn't look like that album. Like, yeah. I'm so used to this image that I would yeah. be able to say that's not the cover. That's the cover.
2: Okay, I got you. Yep.
3: So, yeah, the, it's something simple, but you're right. The purple writing, Purple Rain, in that letter, and that font, and Prince of the Revolution underneath, that in and of itself is iconic, this image. Yep.
0: Yep. No. Um it's also interesting that there's like a yellow outline on the purple writing, otherwise the purple wouldn't pop.
4: Yes.
2: You see very that like yellow, yellow outline? Yep. Very subtle. So. Yeah. Yes, good catch. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. And then inside, Zeus is holding up the little the little C D poster. So I have the vinyl. And it has a huge fold-out poster, and it's the band from their outfits from the "When Doves Cry" video, from those those ridiculous outfits. Uh, yeah, I think this poster will remain folded and inside the record sleeve. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be hanging this up. Anyway. So, since you have the poster,
0: yeah, is uh, is Lisa wearing like belts on her boot? Are all those belts? Let Let's consult, shall we? Let's consult. On her right leg. It looks like about 18 belts that are wrapped around her leg.
2: Nope. It's like a it's like a fabric, like a lacy kind of ribbon thing that's tied up starting around her ankle and kind of going up to like her thigh. Yeah,
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: And Prince hard to tell. Prince is pulling off a suit that literally no other human being on earth could pull off. No. But he but he pulls it off, and I'm sorry. It looks badass. And then the poor guy in the background mm. who thinks he's in the village people dressed like a doctor with a mask. That guy can't get a cool outfit. He's that F- is a cool outfit. Yeah, that is cool. a cool outfit. That's part of his image. He's the doctor think. He's, he's Dr. Fink. I know. I feel bad for him though, because everybody looks badass except for him. Uh, you you want to feel bad for somebody. Feel bad for the guy
0: named Brown Mark. <laughs> like you can't come up with a better name than that. Oh.
2: What you gonna call him? Brown Mark <laughs> could have been worse, they could have called him Skid Mark. <laughs> worse, dude.
0: Poor guy. The I guy,
2: the ba- the oh, guy ahead, in the geez. stairs, <clears throat> yeah,
3: with that mustache, looks like that actor that played the son in law from Easy Money. He's in a lot of movies. And
0: oh, stuff. oh yes. yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yes, <laughs>
3: that mustache right. that looks the same like him.
2: He's trying to get laid the whole time in that movie. I love that movie, yeah. And then, and then the back, the back cover has a really weird and long poem. It, it starts out with the opening lyric of "When Dubs Cry," but then it devolves into this really weird poem. We're not going to read it because it's long, um, it, it, and it's kind of hard to read because of the, the type of font with the lettering, and it's got the flower background and everything. But that, that whole thing is a. Po- it starts off with "dig," if you will, of the picture. You know, the, the opening lyric from "When Dubs Cry," and then it then it's just this huge long poem. Yeah. But uh, um, the, the front cover, it's about as iconic as you get in terms of rock albums, you know, cover, so. Well, ready to get into the tracks?
4: Let's do it.
3: First track. I think we know this one.
4: Dearly beloved. We are gathered today to get through this thing called life life. Electric word, life, it
1: means forever, and that's a mighty long time, but I'm here to tell you, there's something else, the afterworld, a world of never ending happiness, you can always see the sun, day
4: or night, so when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one, doctor, will be alright, instead You're living here? Take a At least you got friends. I call my own lady. friendly word She's the phone, on the floor. It's gonna let the elevator break oh, oh, no, let's go. go, crazy. Let's get nuts.
0: Let's go. okay so let's go crazy uh first time you hear this in the movie is obviously the extended version when the movie starts kind of ends with it a little bit too i would say you know this track to me is apocalyptic right it's kind of a 1999 part two Great dance guitar track. You got the church organ, got the preaching. Now, Fink has said, now I don't know if this is rumor or not, but that eulogy thing he does at the front was off the cuff live at a show. One time.
2: I believe it. Bam,
0: right? I can so believe that. that. Yep. Yeah, that's great to me. <clears throat> um, you get this great pop song with a great you know, distorted guitar solo at the end. Um, The Elevator. So, it depends on who you believe. I think he's talking about the devil. Other people think he's talking about other things. Kind of depends. Uh, the guitar song, the outro solo, is off the chain. Now, Bruno Mars did this in the Grammys on 2017. He did great until the outro solo. And Bruno did the solo. And I remember yep. watching it going, Bruno, what are you doing? Dude, if you don't have that note for note, you cannot don't do, do it solo right yep. he wasn't even close yep um but there's a there's a, a Vegas uh tribute thing that they do and that guy can do it dead on right so they've got it perfect all that being said i don't know what a purple banana is i don't want to know i don't know who the hell's coming i don't want to know i want Tommy to explain all that to me but let's go crazy's awesome
2: yeah it's uh i mean to me let, let, let me just kind of let me get this out of the way first yeah purple there's banana there's going to be a, be a <laughs> lot of gushing on this album and i'm going to try to not be you know too carried away here but um you're talking for me one of the just greatest upbeat pop songs that has ever been recorded it, it, it it's it's an unbelievable pop song bookended by one of the greatest most iconic intros and then one of the most unbelievable outros where the song just stops. He just goes into this ridiculous solo into that standard kind of blues based outro. And then I get goosebumps when, you know, the the band is doing the breakdown, the drums are going crazy, the guitars are going crazy. And then they just scream, take me away. And the song just cuts. It's just an unbelievable song. The lyrics are crazy. We could talk about those. Um, but I, I, the, the chorus is hooky, and again, this 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 song does what we talked about earlier about what Prince does. He's checking off those boxes. He's giving you the rock song with the guitar. He's giving you the funk, the pop, the danceability. It, it, it's it's just a it's an iconic epic song. It opens the album. It opens the movie. The choreography in the video slash movie, right off the bat, what a great way to start a movie that was that was you know the movie was a risk. We've talked about it. It's ups and downs. But starting with this, if you're in that theater, you're like, okay, this is going to be fun, but let's go crazy. What what an amazing song. Let's go crazy. Written by Prince.
3: It went to number one and it climbed back up to number 25 after his death. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe it was the second single. And yeah, that eulogy um, piano thing that he does in the beginning is kind of legendary. and I don't know what a purple banana is either, Sonny. <laughs> um, I like the tone of his guitar. Yeah. <clears throat> like it's distinct. It's that high pitch kind of thing that he does. So uh, I, I think I like his guitar work. I, I, you know, I'm not as gushing about it. I don't think it was that out crazy stuff, but I like it. And it's great. Okay. The outro is decent. Um what I found fascinating during my research of this shit, and you're right, Sonny, about the oh, I believe the D elevator means the devil. I didn't realize how much of Christianity and all this stuff that he's into. And so he's talking about the devil. Did you see that thing where that guy, Ale Reed, said that Prince told him once that he's fearful of elevators because he believes the ele- elevators are the devil? And when they found him, he he said that he goes, he was found dead in an elevator. He's like, it freaks me out thinking about that.
2: Yeah, Prince Prince he he said that back then he he was under the impression that you couldn't sing about God or the devil, so he created like the elevator, like D elevator. If you listen, it's is it is he, you know because though that that the elevator was like goes down to that's you know life is about being happy. Let's go crazy and avoid void, D elevator. And, and it, it it's just right off the bat, you're talking about just insane genius lyrics, like whether it's crazy genius or like, you know, legend genius. But but you're right. Yeah, it's nuts. The, the lyrics are already off the bat in that first. Song. Yeah,
3: they've got a religious tone to them and yep. stuff. And uh, yeah, I just that whole thing about the elevator shit. It's like kind of spooky. How the fuck are we dying in an elevator? What are the odds you'll be dead in an elevator yep. in anyone's life? And then you in the meantime, you talked about that. They're fucking evil. That's it. Anyway, mm-hmm. the video itself too. The video is it's uh, performance video. It's clips from the movie. Yep. And we all have seen it. We all grew up with MTV, and we all
0: saw that video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a movie teaser, right? Like if you hadn't seen pretty much yet, it makes you want want to go see it. Yep.
3: Or or see him perform the song, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the fucking movie. Oh, anyway. It's a great song, and it's uh, it's a part of our childhood, and uh, it's an iconic pop song. Let's go to track number two.
0: Take Me With You. Uh, To me, this song is about new love. We we hear this song during the first motorcycle ride, right? Because he's riding the motorcycle a lot during the film. But this is, you know, uh, Apollonia on the backseat, and they're going in the middle of nowhere and, you know, jumping in a lake that is not Lake Minnetonka. Um, Apollonia's singing is kind of meh. So let's be honest. If we had not seen her tits in the movie, we wouldn't get two shits about her. Like, the, she's not a very good singer. I think Prince does a good job of kind of backing off the crazy vocal. So that way Apollonia can kind of take the front seat. Um, but every time I hear her say thank you, you know, that in the second verse, he goes, to be around you is so all right. Your sheer perfection he goes, thank you. It's like, really? It's like, well, you had to say that? Like, why did you even leave that in there? I don't understand. So here's the story. Vanity was supposed to be in the movie. She left Prince before filming. Then they went to Jennifer Beals from Flashdance. Yep, she turned it down, and that's how Apollonia kind of got the movie. I think you know people kind of forget the cool drum fills that are happening throughout the song, even at the beginning. Um, that whole doo 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 like that—that that is a hook. There is no doubt about that. And I thought this was the funniest thing. So Prince said, "Well, we knew that it was the opening track on Apollonia Six, but he took it off the album. So Take Me With You is supposed to be on that album." Yep. Manic Monday was also supposed to be on that album. Prince said that he took, he. they would have been standout tracks on any album, but who would have ever heard it on Apollonia 6? So that's why I took them and put them on other places. He's right, unfortunately.
4: <laughs> oh, He's right.
0: Wow. Um, but you know what? After Let's Go Crazy opening the album, this song's pretty simple, but it works. And it kind of shows like a different side of Prince immediately.
2: Apollonia's voice, by the way, I think with the part that you hate, I actually think that's kind of cute. I, I think it kind of <laughs> gives, I, you. I, I but I think uh, the, and the reason I say it is maybe because I, maybe uh, to me, I think it helps to see the movie when listening to this soundtrack. I think there are certain songs on here that you absolutely have to see the movie to get the full feel of the song. Take me with you might not be one of those. We'll get to one that does, but I think, I think seeing in the movie the relationship between prince and apollonia and then that part sheer perfection she kind of says thank you seeing the movie it kind of gives it a little bit more to it i think it's a, a beautiful duet i think that the the tempo is really cool and Sonny, you're right those drum fills are tremendously underrated because the rest of the song is a is is a very simple kind of forward moving beat um and i think the it's 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 a it's a w- really cool we, we talk about track track listing you know tracks uh you know sequencing on arc a lot you you come out of the gate with a banger of a song let's go crazy then you kind of pull back with a with a, a pop duet mid-tempo um and i think they i think they hit it out of the park on this one
3: take me with you written by prince it's the final single from the album it didn't chart though you're right it's a duet um the funny thing about this song is i forgot about it And so when I got this album, I bought the CD, came, and I put it on. I'm like, holy shit, I remember this catchy tune. Holy fuck, I remember this. And I was, like, immediately drawn to it. I'm like, this was so catchy pop I love it. I think this is fantastic. It fucking works. I don't, man. Like, yeah, he's not singing, you know, something that would require. He's not singing the... Uh, Bonnie Tyler, uh, what do you call it? Big fucking clips. Yeah, like he ain't yeah. asking her to pull that shit off. He he may let it. like, And I think he kind of kept his voice in a certain place. So he ain't going to fucking just show how not good of a singer she is. <laughs> so he left her in a place that makes the song work. I, I think it's catchy as all hell. I really like it. There's a little drum solo and a pop song in the middle. Little finger symbols going on here. But I am, like, saying to myself, what the fuck is this song beginning? And what does that little drum solo remind me of? What the fuck is this? I know this. I know this. What is it? And didn't occur to me until yesterday. I'm like, that's fucking Jump. From Van Halen? Yes. That whole little... The, 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 the little keyboard solo that Eddie does, and then the drums at the end. You remember the video? That's in the, 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 the little keyboard. It's jump.
1: Listen See, I, to that I, I, little I,
3: segment I, of it in the beginning, and then in that in that uh, little drum solo again. It's that jump little breakdown that Eddie does with the keyboards, and Alice jumping in with the
2: jumps. Yeah, I believe you. Right. I, I believe you, but I have not listened to that horrible song in about thirty <laughs> years, so I wouldn't even know. <laughs> wow, it's a fucking you, one of the worst songs it in plays the history at the of recording. it Walmart music. every day. How do you Dude, not hear it? Jump. Dude. That's what makes 1984 the worst David Lee Roth era Van Halen record. That's wow. right. Printed. Jeez. Okay, I,
3: I love this song. It's a pretty good song. Jump. Terrible. It's just you know we want Eddie to do guitar, not. Hey, I'm going to play this song. I'm going to be the bass player on this song, and Michael Anthony's going to play guitar no <laughs> but that's another story yes but this song as far as that there's a part in this song that i never heard and i'm like i tried listening later on that i'm like is it throughout the whole song and it wasn't there's a part where he says drive me crazy uh drive me all night prince speaks those words yes like in the middle of the song but yep. then i'm like is he doing that the road i'm like i'm trying to catch that little earworm like I, and you can only do that when you put your headphones on, not in the car. I never heard it. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, you can hear him doing that and thing and talking the song words over yep. there. oh my god, I love that shit. And I bet you if I listened to a lot of more of it, like with headphones on, you'd catch so many different little things. But I, I, I do like this song a lot. It's fun, it's catchy as all hell. Next.
0: beautiful ones uh so to me this song's about like desperation rage right this shows up when he's when we see Apollonia and Morris having champagne in the club and um you know the music fairly simple Prince plays everything on it the vocals really the main hook and I will tell you that in and out falsetto two of my favorite singers on the planet could both do that and that was Daryl Hall and Prince right that this this great control of their voice where at times I remember thinking, is there like four different lead singers? Like there's so many voices, right? Like he's talking in the middle of it, which not a lot of people can pick uh, pull off. He's got the lower register voice, which he always said he hated. That's why he worked with female singers to begin with. Like, so there was a lot of different voices, which always kind of threw me. Now what's interesting is he's told two stories about this song. One, he said he wrote the song about vanity. But then he also said he wrote the song to get Wendy's sister. So who really knows? Because he said that Vanity was a female version of himself, and he swept himself off his own feet. That's like Jerry. Like Jerry. Just like Jerry. That's right. He said it. Um, so, yeah, the song is beautiful. It's sexy. And, you know, it's kind of crazy. You don't really know if Prince is into girls or guys. You never. You only saw him with women, but the way he was dressed, you couldn't tell. You know, you don't know where he's from. You don't know his race. You don't know his gender. You don't see pictures of him buying like apples or milk at the grocery store. Like <laughs> like
3: it just, takes him never... an hour to get dressed to right. go to go buy like some gloves at a department store.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you just don't know. But I'm telling you, that screaming at the end is goddamn untouchable by anyone ever. I have never heard anything like that. That would that would scream the desperation and rage that that screen does. It's amazing.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying when we talked about Take Me With You and how watching the movie helps or for me helps your ability to kind of consume and enjoy this soundtrack. This song right here, you have to see the movie to get the full feel of what's going on here. I mean, starting off right off the bat, very, very gentle, gentle song. Uh, this again, with the track listing, this song right here coming in at number three, this showcases everything that is just magnificent about Prince as a vocalist, that beautiful falsetto. That is, it's not just a boy from Paul Stanley. <laughs> it's, <laughs> <just a> boy. <laughs> yeah, it's not that, um It's just, and I I love how the song just turns, you know, he does that little, that little talking point, you know, paint a perfect picture, vision of life, you know, like, and and, and then after all that, then then you have a little bit of a breakdown. And then Sonny, you said it, you are believing every word that's coming. There's that's not pretend that's not acting. There's there is something going on inside of him that he's letting out that is real because Watching it and hearing it, it's, it's like chill inducing. And when you watch that scene in the movie, when you look at Apollonia's reaction to him, it's, it's just putting, putting the audio and the video visuals together there. It's just unbelievable. And the thing I like about it too, is the song musically kind of ends the way it begins after he goes off on that, on that rampage of screaming and, and just blood curdling emotion it fades out very, very gently. Kind of like the way the song began Um, just, and you talked about the origins. Is it about vanity? Is it not um, just a beautiful song?
3: The beautiful ones written by Prince. So Prince does everything on this, every fucking instrument, of course. Uh, Supposedly it replaced the song called electric intercourse that was going to be on this album. And they put this on, uh, you guys mentioned the origin between uh, Vanity and all that other stuff. The the schmaltzy fucking 80s R&B shit in the beginning. I fucking, I, I don't like it. I can't stand it. It's just cheesy. I just, I, I it's a style of music. I know it and he can do it and he can pull it off. I just, I never got into it. It's that 80s fucking sappy r b where it's not as good as the 60s or 70s R&B. Uh, I, I just didn't like when he did Now, when he takes and when he goes away from his, I call it the kiss falsetto from the song Kiss that he does, which is fantastic. That, like, the fact that he can do that and do other stuff and change his voice up and down, that's part of his genius. But when he does go into, and then he adds, of course, the other 80s cheesy r and B stuff, Hey, baby. the talking part that comes in right um and do you want him (laughs) because i want you and then he gets into that yeah there's only a certain handful of singers that can pull that off there are people that can do that go listen to sam cook David Ruffin can do that shit and yep. make you think they're on their hands and he ain't too proud to beg, like, fucking woman, don't leave me! I'm yep. gonna die! <laughs> I'll, I'll, wash, I'll wash your car if you don't leave me. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I love that. There's something about that Sam Cooke shit. Um, do you remember, remember the movie Ali? Yeah, oh, yeah, The beginning scene, the Sam Cooke, the guy's imitating Sam Cooke, does a version that it's uh, of uh, bringing it on home that's like, holy fuck! I love that. Can Prince pull it off? Absolutely, and it's amazing. And his vocal stuff is, yeah, it's 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 legendary. Um, I just think the eighties, like the like the I don't know silk shit going on in the beginning. Oh, Freaking how dare babies. you bring oh, up silk, yeah. about baby. Prince? Oh. <laughs> Let me just, lift you up and down
4: till you say, say stop. stop.
3: It's just, it's Freaky, just whatever. Baby. Anyway, but. And I always do this. I always like, I like to pick up what songs sound like. When he goes into, do you want him? Because I want you. And all of a sudden you hear that piano. That piano is from the Temptation song, Take a Look Around. I'm like, I know that part too. Another great one. Oh my God, I love it. Did you ever see the four brothers that... Awful Marky Mark movie. Yes, that's a yeah. bad movie. Yeah, it is. But they play a lot of Motown songs in it. There's a great scene where they put take a look around. That's a fantastic song that The Temptations did, the later form of The Temptation, after David Ruffin was gone about drugs and all that shit. It's got a great piano stuff, and it starts with that, din, din, din. like that chorus that Prince is doing, and he's screaming. makes me like that part of the song. And it, and it really saves the song for me. i and, and glad he did that. Um, so let's take that. And let's go turn on our computer
4: blue Wendy Yes Lisa Is the water warm enough Yes Lisa Shall we begin Yes Lisa
0: computer blue is interesting i I saw an article that said oh this is about internet porn i guess they forgot it's 1984
1: oh my god jesus
4: christ come on
0: (laughs) right so but i don't know what the song's about i don't know if it's about the future robot sex stripper how men and women are wired like i have no idea but it's an interesting part of the movie because dad says never get married and then you see him on stage with a lace blindfold and the no shirt on, right, on stage. So kind of when the first year's song. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I, lo- <laughs> I love that guitar screeching thing he's doing at the beginning to the le- little piano riff. Then it kind of gets bouncy a little bit. I like the guitar lick underneath the music because it kind of makes it sound like it feels like a rock song disguised as a pop song. Like I said before, the change at 220 where it makes it feel like two different songs. It makes you forget that all the lyrics in the first 90 seconds, there's no lyrics after the first 90 seconds, basically instrumental. And what's crazy is there is a 14 minute version of this song out there. Yeah. Yes. Right. That I own that I, I sent to Tommy yesterday. He's like, what the hell is this? Um, the guitar solo, solo playing off the keyboard in the middle of the song, very melodic. And there's nothing wrong with Wendy giving the guitar a blow job in the movie. There's nothing oh, wrong yeah. with that. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then you got this huge buildup and then a great scream at the end. So it's a great song, but reality is it's got 90 seconds of lyrics and nobody knows what the hell it's about.
2: <laughs> yeah, th- this this song, it's it's funny because you're talking about an album, Purple Rain, that sold 25 million copies. If, if I was forced to name a quote-unquote deep cut off this, I would probably say this because it, there's like no video for it. It wasn't really like a huge... It gets overshadowed by the songs everybody loves, but what a standout for me. Sonny, you're right. The song's four minutes long, but the lyrics are only about 30 seconds in total. There's like <laughs> one little verse. The rest of it is just that magnificent breakdown. And the, and again, I'm going to say it again, watching them perform this, when they do that breakdown, they turn their back to the stage, the lights go out and they start, and then they, it, 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 it you look at it and you'd be like, were they influenced by Kiss, like in the deuce dance? Because the choreography just adds to the enjoyment. And I'm sorry, Lisa is a badass semi-front woman playing alongside Prince. Everything she does to me is just completely eye-catching. She commands the stage when she's playing. She looks fantastic. But, you know, one thing that I I forgot about, and I'm glad that I I was able to watch the movie to, to remind me about it, is that, The scene in the movie where Prince's father is playing the piano and Prince walks in on him, that little, that, that, that piano piece, that's, he then uses that and turns it into computer blue and makes it part of the rock song that it is. And actually, Prince's real father, John Nelson, actually gets a writing credit on this because of that instrumental piece that his father wrote that he incorporated into the song. Um, It's, the ending is fantastic, Sonny. Like you said, right before that scream, you know, the guitars are going crazy. There's like a phaser and a wah-wah. And then it's just all this stuff happening at the same time. And then just another scream and the song is over. And you're just like, holy shit, what the hell just happened? Um, huge, huge standout track for me. Love this one. Computer
3: Blue written by Prince John L. Nelson, Prince's dad, Wendy and Lisa, and Dr. Fink. How come the two of you didn't mention the legendary
2: opening? because we did it on our show because we did, we did it But we, we did never it. we didn't discuss it though. i know i'm kidding go ahead thoughts i'll be honest Sexy. maybe maybe i'm naive but but according to wikipedia they're saying that it it, it suggests a dominatrix type relationship i, I never uh, i just thought it was two lesbians get ready to take a bath <laughs> and, <laughs> and all i kept thinking <laughs> was like are you ready yes blue 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 blue, blue. <laughs> Is the water warm enough? It is now. How dare you break wind before me? I'm sorry, baby. I didn't know it was your turn. <laughs>
1: Ooh. Ooh. How do you feel,
4: Mr. Cunningham?
1: Mm, I feel an extreme
4: relaxation. <laughs> oh. <laughs> How dare you break wind before me? I'm sorry, baby. I didn't know it was your turn. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's what goes in. Anytime there's like somebody in a hot tub or I'm like blub blub blue blub 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 Crazy. Yeah. Yep. So the thing about this is I love that Prince does this in a lot of his songs. He'll sing something or sing something, and then all of a sudden he does the Joycey voice.
2: Yes, I knew so, you were going to pick up. I knew so, you were going to pick up on this.
3: There must be something wrong with the machinery. <laughs> what does he fucking do? See, I
2: left that for you because I knew you were going to pick up on that. that.
3: He does that in a lot of his songs, even in a Kiss. Who go, yeah? <laughs> he pulls that shit out. This is some funky shit. Yep, some good funky shit. So this is stuff that I didn't know. Like this album, this song, right? So yeah. I, I I love discovering this shit. So do I really want to hear I will die for you for the one millionth time, even though I've never owned this album? Or do I want to discover this shit and be like,
4: yeah. Yep.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And it's a, it's it, it is nice in the in the movie where the lesbian is blowing the gay guy on his fucking guitar. I don't know what the hell that was.
2: Hey, <laughs> nothing like a little bit of you know sexual confusion going on, on stage there. And you know what else it remind me of? weird science <laughs> <laughs> when they
3: are building the second fucking lisa yeah. in, the, in the house and the nuclear fucking warhead shows up in the house and all that stuff is going yep. on yep. and the chick gets flying through the chimney in, her in uh, like naked in the air all that yep. shit all that background that's that funky like breaking scene oh man i love that shit um yeah it just and you know it's also I like the fact that it's a little bit of a chain of scenery. If you remember the image of Prince doing Let's Go Crazy, the image of you know When Doves Cry or Purple Rain. This is the one that you're like, I kind of remember this. Yeah. He's got the little the little lace fucking blindfold. Blindfold. And he's shirtless. Yep. Like he can pull that off because he's got a he's got some definition. Yeah. Even though he looks like <laughs> my 13-year-old daughter could kick his ass. But <laughs> he might put up a fight. He don't doesn't look like he has Michael Jackson body. No. He looks like he like exercises and and keeps yeah. himself in shape. That this, is a good look for him.
2: Yeah. This song this in terms of the movie, this is probably my my favorite part of the movie because I love the performance in this. I love how like I said how the song pivots and they do that choreography that kind of it, it it it's so well done and he is so goddamn good with his moves. Like, he, he's it, 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 he's so slippery and seamless with his moves that you just want to keep watching him do it. I know, Zeus, you've never seen him in concert, Sonny. I know you have, and I was lucky enough to see him. That, him on stage, like, like, people talk about Kiss. You need to experience Kiss on stage, not on a CD or a record. Prince is the same thing. Yeah, his music is great. You need to see him because that's where his dancing shows up. That's where his real, his guitar skills show up. He is a live performer and he doesn't miss a second to, to take advantage of that in this movie.
3: Uh, One other thing. It was also one of his basketball moves against, (laughs) against uh, the Murphy brothers, according to Dave Chappelle show, right? he was calling out plays. Yes, exactly. Blue. (laughs)
2: That's right. (laughs) I forgot about that game (laughs) blouses.
4: Game (laughs) blouses. (laughs) That's so good.
2: (laughs) Oh, I love it. All
3: right. Let's go and wash uh, Sunny down after we talk about the next song because he's going to need to take a cold shower.
4: You could say she was a sex fiend I met her in a hotel lobby Masturbating with a magazine She said, how'd you like to waste some time
1: And I could not resist
4: When I saw little Nicky
1: grind.
0: Ah, darling Nicky <laughs> dirty as fuck. And he's written dirty, right? There's no doubt about that. You first hear the song when Mo- Morris and Apollonia walk into the club and Prince notices them walking in. That dog collar she's got on.
2: Oh my wow.
0: goodness.
3: Ooh, ooh. You mean um, Apollonia, the girl that this whole movie's all crazy about that he just met a week ago? That is yeah. like <laughs> all this fucking love triangle, crazy <laughs> stuff. Everybody's passionate. She's buying him a guitar. You just met her a fucking week ago. What the, the 80s. fuck? What the fuck is all the drama about?
2: The 80s, baby.
0: Um, I love that it fades in from Computer Blue, just like you're in a dance club. You know, songs about a sex fiend. I mean, come on. Nothing wrong with that. Like Lionel Richie or Billy Ocean or Michael Jackson ain't pulling off that shit. I can tell you that.
4: No.
0: Uh, no. Uh, the build up little by little throughout the whole song. The song's got this like raunchy rock feel to it, which is awesome. Song was number one on the Filthy 15 because Tipper Gore found her 11-year-old daughter listening to it. Oh,
3: by the way,
2: so, those Gore daughters days.
3: grew up to be hot. Both those <laughs> Al Gore daughters were fucking hot later on. That's
2: because they got caught masturbating with a magazine. Oh, That's why, why I'd <laughs> love to think that they were.
0: <laughs> you guys are going to love this. So Foo Fighters did the version, right? That love they it. Yep, I love it. Because Prince like was Fighters. not happy with it. Prince was not happy. Of course he wasn't. His, his exact quote, I don't like anyone covering my work.
2: Write your own tunes. That was <laughs> no, 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 no. Sonny, I don't like anyone covering my own. Music. Write your own shit, you little son of a bitch. Beep,
3: beep. So does that mean then, if you think about it, Weird Al always talks about certain people wouldn't let him do it. He never did a Prince song, did he? Yeah,
0: never. I did. did but no, Weird no, Al did? He did. No, no, he, he, he did. never did. No, he didn't. Right? No, he he didn't, always
3: right? said, yeah, there's certain artists that are like, yeah. no, you're not doing my work.
2: Oh, dude, Prince yeah. would have, Prince would have, he would have put out a oh. hit on Weird Al oh, if yeah. he mocked yeah, 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 a yeah. Prince song. Oh. <laughs> like if the song oh. was like Darling Dickie and it was about, you know, some fucking fifth grade math teacher or something. <laughs> they got caught with kiddie porn. Right. <laughs> Masturbating um,
4: to a little kiddie.
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: Oh um, there's two parts of this song that always kind of messes people up. So there's an end before the backward message where he's saying stuff nobody can figure out what he's saying what he's saying there is your dirty little prince wants to grind 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 that's all he's saying there and then the backward message which in 1984 pmrc everybody thought play all these ba- albums backwards blah 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 so prince decided to put this joke on there yep and the masking says hello how are how are you i'm fine cuz i know that the lord is coming soon coming coming soon Get it. The Lord is coming, darling Nikki. Right? That's a little weird. Okay. Finally. I'm 14 years old when this comes out. So I'm thinking, where the fuck do I find a Nikki? Like, how do I marry? (laughs) How do I marry a Nikki? I need to find a Nikki and spend the rest of my life with her. Guess what? I found one because I married a Nikki.
2: Wonderful. (laughs) Wonderful. He's talking about his (laughs) wife, like he's talking about. Lucky me. Lucky me, unlucky her. But I found her. Filthy poony. We need. We need. To, we need, I to, need to, have,
3: to. I. We need to hose down the computer. Zoom, <laughs> and this whole call needs to be like, what <sighs> the fuck? God. I told you things are gonna get
0: sticky when this uh, shit. Happens. Awesome song. Awesome song. Yeah.
2: The, the The song is great. Another example of watching the movie and watching him perform it, and looking at Apollonia and Morris Day and everybody else in the club, knowing what the hell is going on as he's singing it. Um, I have it written down here too, so it's just as filthy a song as, even without the, the just, if, if this was an instrumental, the song was filthy, and it just shows you the genius of it all, Um, and I love, the, right at the end with the screaming, and then the music gets frantic, you know, the, the drums are just going crazy, The mu- it, it kind of reminds me, like, you know, a little bit similar to the ending of Let's Go Crazy, when it's just, everything is just happening at the same time, those the the wailing, the screaming, just letting out all that energy at the end. I don't know if that's a you know symbolism of something particular it could be with the song that the um, God's doing exactly exactly. <laughs> you 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 explain that backward masking messaging there, really interesting. another way to hide some of his Christianity inside of a filthy song. Um, but yeah, growing up, this was the song that all the kids at school were talking about. Did you hear purple rain? Yeah, but did you hear darling Nikki? It talks about a girl like Master Bean. Do you know what that is? No, I don't. Do you? It's like fucking 11 years old. I mean, we knew, but we didn't, you know? Yeah. It's um, like when you first hear what a hand job is for the first time, you're like, I don't understand. Speaking of that, Prince had a song. <laughs> you know, like, called- what is that? What does that mean? What does that <laughs> do? Speaking of that, on, on Prince's controversy, album, he has a song called Jack You Off. So this is not his first <laughs> dirty song he's ever written. <laughs> That's what it's like. Ed. At our Ed.
3: age, at our age, I wouldn't understand. What does that mean? Exactly. Ed. Third or fourth grade. Masturbating.
2: Right. What's that? What does that mean? But Ooh. great song, iconic song.
3: Darling Nikki, written by Prince. And I think this comes on and he's trying to piss her off. Yep. And I think it's after he pimp slaps her. And like <laughs> and he's mad at her for being with somebody else, which is I never understood. Like, dude, you're the fucking dick. And just you just met this girl, and now you have beaten her already. And she's coming back to you, like, oh, my darling. And then you played porn music to her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, supposedly this song led to the parental advisory sticker,
4: specifically this song. Yep.
3: And I think I remember, uh, Sunny at one point you did this where you talked about the 15 songs on this, on that list that Tipper Lardass Gore came up with with her group of congresswomen that they had nothing better to do with their time than to do this. Tipper Gore, the original yeah <laughs> yeah, exactly but, you know and to be honest with you i don't i still don't have a problem with putting a sticker on a fucking album a little kid shouldn't have this you don't want your kids singing this fucking song in the back and, of if, and if
2: you're an artist you want that sticker on your Fuck album. Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. Hell yeah
0: hell yeah tipper gore made every 80s band a, a huge platinum seller yeah yep. yeah,
4: yeah.
2: I,
3: I just is that an accordion? Mm-mm. And the beginning stuff. What is oh, that instrument? It's
2: a keyboard, just, just a, a keyboard. keyboard synth. Synth Synth.
3: Yep. yep. Um it, it's you wouldn't think you would like it. Like, how does he make this? But he he's a lyricist. He makes the words matter, what you put in a line, and it works because this I'm like, <laughs> how the fuck is he gonna make this a good song? And he does. So I know it's got the hype because of the lyrics. It's still a fun, good song. Like you know what I mean? You know things like get overdone, and it's more famous for that, and it, than being actually l- a good song. But this one actually works. The whole grinding thing—you're like, oh, this guy loves did this woman to grind on him. <laughs> like that—that's that's some good shit that happens later on. We're like, what? You're grinding on me. Like, what does that do for you? Oh, you'll learn, honey, what that does for me. And when you're when you're <laughs> young, you're like, this. So- like what? Do you, I don't get it. Like, should I just be fucking you? Like, well, no, no, no. Just let me do that. And I'll be, I'll be with you in a minute. It'll work. <laughs> but this is a fun, fun song. Um, you know, there's. I'm going to get to one last part, but um, there's two parts actually. I want to talk about in the song. He's talking about darling Nikki, a hot, horny, sex deviant. Does this hot sex deviant want a man that's like, oh,
1: Nikki, ooh,
2: oh, come back, Nikki, come back? Ooh. Dude,
3: who's the fucking bitch in this song? What the fuck? He is not what you would call a masculine man. Yeah,
2: you Dude, don't I, have to be. Don't yeah, have you don't be. have to be. You just got to be Prince. Dude,
3: could, imagine you hook up with a chick that's like smoking hot and you go, and she touches you, son, you're, oh, oh. <laughs> that <laughs> fucking hot chick would be like See, i out here Yeah <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck, dude? That is terrible Another thing So he just plays in the movie Computer Blue And he plays Darling Nikki And I know I'm doing the stupid thing Just like I did with the Detroit Rock City movie Where I'm trying to make sense of it Or the Scooby-Doo movie And make sense of the plot I don't understand. We both just said how great those songs are, right? In the movie, everybody's like the fans are all pissed off. Even the owners all mad. Like, oh, are you playing this shit, blah, blah, blah. dude? Isn't these the songs you put on the album? Why are you having it that people are upset and they don't like this music?
2: It's supposed to be part of the story that people are like, no, you're, 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 you're airing your dirty laundry on stage to music that is not accessible to the crowd right now. That's what That's it was. Like yeah. because the whole movie- songs
4: rock. Yes, they do
0: The whole movie is built around his dad did the same thing. He used to write music that nobody could connect to. And now he's doing the same thing.
2: Yep. And he's getting consumed by his own emotions. He doesn't care if the audience enjoys it or not. And that's why the club owner is like, you got to get your shit together. (laughs) This (laughs) is a business. This is a business. Was that Mac from Punch Out as the club owner? <laughs> That's exactly. Or, they, or they, from running alongside Mike Tyson, or on his bike? <laughs> yeah. he's on his bike. No, little Mac is the white
3: guy. Yeah, he was Doc, wasn't he? Doc. From Punch Out, the trainer. Yeah, the trainer. That's the, what he looked like. <laughs> That's what he looked like with, with that, that velour tracksuit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing a blue leisure suit <laughs>
2: You're bulging man
4: yes officer it seems my husband's been abducted the man was was wearing a blue leisure suit and the plates were from kansas I, he was a huge beastly uh, bulging man
3: we just threw out like three or four so <laughs> obscure pop culture references.
2: Mike Tyson's punch out. If anybody can get the bulging man in the blue leisure suit reference, <laughs> oh, maybe there's a, maybe there's a prize for you out there.
4: Yeah. What the fuck?
3: But I just feel like it's like, first you, you, you sound so wimpy that a hot chick would be like, what the fuck dude? It's you know what it is. It's the you then know, I'll throw a third one out. It's the Eddie Murphy line. Woman wants you to grab you by the back of hands and so God I don't want to fuck you. Not this. Oh my darling, I want to make love to you. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. That's Ooh. prince. That's what that sounds like. Yeah, exactly. And the other part, I just never understood it. Just like, are you shitting on his these two fucking great songs that just I just heard the whole thing? I'm yeah. like, so what's the difference between this and I would die for you or fucking the other stuff? Like, oh, those are genius, but this isn't? Then why are they all on the album? I don't. it's a good point. I know. I'm trying to make sense of the fucking plot of this movie. So, let's go. (laughs) Beep, beep. (laughs) Let's go to a song that we're all familiar with.
0: When Doves Cry, it's so obviously a personal song. Now, whether that's it's a love song or a breakup song, we don't really know. But this happens. You first hear this song during the Come to Jesus talk with his boss, right? And then the montage in the middle of the movie where Prince is kind of recollecting everything that's happened, trying to figure out next move, I guess. Now, what's interesting is the director. So Prince had 100 songs written for this movie. <laughs> yep. Director goes, we need a montage, and you don't have anything written. He wrote this that night and brought mm-hmm. it the next day. Yes. So that's kind of how the song ended up there. Plays every Prince plays everything on this, no bass line. Uh, he said it made it sound too normal. There was a bass line in there, turned around to the engineer and say, take that shit out. Nobody has the balls to do this. But wait, they'll be freaking out when they hear it. And the record company absolutely hated it. They didn't want it to be the lead single because you got a dance track with no bass line, right? The guitar riff at the beginning—you immediately know what song it is because in 1984, you ain't getting wrong, you ain't getting away from this song. I love the overlap vocals to where you don't have time to breathe. So when you try to sing along, you can't sing along because he's overlapping it. Right? The vocal gymnastics—Prince and Daryl Hall—the only ones in my mind that can do it right in my ear, anyway. There's all kinds of timed earworms. Each verse is adding something else and the song just keeps building ends with this great keyboard run. Um, Now, I don't know if you guys know this, this was Prince's number first, number one hit. He only had four others. Um, The reflex Duran Duran was number one. Then when doves cry was number one for five weeks. And then ghostbusters was number one after it. So just to give you an idea. Uh, But in 84, this is a crossover hit. You ain't getting away from now. When doves cry? I'm not sure if the he 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 or the um, whoa 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 is what it sounds like when a dove cries. I ain't too sure about that, but uh, uh, I don't even know what a dove cries sounds like. I don't think I've ever seen a dove, so there you go. But it I think sounds, it's a great song.
3: It sounds like uh, it makes the sound when Ozzy fucking bites its head off in the <laughs> middle of a board meeting at a,
2: with the with the studio. But go ahead. So I I think there was some people involved with the film tried to explain like when doves cry, like the, like the image, when you see a dove, a dove is a symbol of peace, a a bird of peace, A, a dove crying. It's supposed to be symbolic of the relationship that his parents were having on screen in the film and maybe something that was going on with vanity at the time. So it's supposed to be one of those, like the juxtaposition between like something loving and peaceful, something that's like sad and heartbreaking. Stop using big words. Nope. Our, our listeners need to start fucking reading. We'll put it in the show notes. Click on dictionary.com if you don't know what the fuck juxtaposition means. How do you spell dictionary? <laughs> yeah, well that's all right. That's true, too. Forget it. Is there a K? <laughs> you know what a thesaurus is? Man, I don't follow dinosaurs. <laughs> all right. But when doves cry. Yeah, and it's funny. Reading about this, Sonny, you brought up. I never it never registered to me that the song has no bass line. Like i never, I I mean, I mean, once, once you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, you're right. It just has like the beat, but what, what I haven't brought up yet. And I was saving it for this song. This song really highlights that iconic. You can nail it down the minute you hear it. That Prince percussion sound that sound. It's like that knocking on wood sound. And you really, you hear it in, in pretty much all of his music, but you really hear it in this. It's not a bass drum. It's not a snare drum. It's not an electronic drum. It's, it's like the the best thing. It sounds like somebody banging a a stick onto like a table or something. When you hear it, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's really pronounced in this particular song here. Like you said, the screaming, his vocals are all over the place, but it's all fantastic. It's all amazing. It's all controlled, very measured. The video is ridiculous. We'll talk about that in a minute. We talked about a little bit with the poster that's uh, on the album and the CD. Um, but, the you know, the song is a hit for a reason. It's uh, and that opening guitar solo, that opening guitar lick. Then to get into a funky pop song, it just Prince, Prince is a genius.
3: When Doves Cry, written by Prince, was number one for five weeks. It was the top-selling song of 1984. Uh, it said something like last single for solo artists to receive platinum certification from RIAA. Wow. Number 37 on Rolling Stone's Greatest Songs. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. Uh, Number 31 most celebrated song in music history. I don't even know what that fucking means. Mm. Um, After Prince died, it went back up all the way to number eight. Spin Magazine says it's number six of all time. Wow. Um, You you already said uh, the other part where he wrote the songs um, because it was due and the director told him to write a song. About a particular, uh, you know, about his parents' difficulties and the love affair and all that other shit. Um, I forgot, but this was sampled in MC Hammer's "Pray."
2: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! yeah. We pray. Yeah, we, we pray. got it. Zeus, Zeus, Don't, don't it worry, everybody else forgot about that too. Oh, fucking <laughs> <a> horrible song. <laughs>
3: That's why we pray. Pray. <laughs> um, <laughs> Animals strike curious, curious poses. poses. Because they're like, why is she fucking him? Pretty much. It's a great line. Coming from one of our famous lines where we finally discovered what pegging means.
4: (laughs) Oh, wonderful.
3: Yeah. Um, You didn't know what that meant? Before that we started doing the show, no what the fuck? No oh my touching my God. asshole.
2: I didn't know what that meant before I met you. <laughs> exactly. Not, not, actually, <laughs> actually, actually, I don't want people to understand the connection. That's not what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys
3: said, No, what do you want to do
2: that? I need to talk to Sonny
3: alone. You guys went on the cruise. <laughs> All right. I will say this about another song. I'm talking about the album. I'm not talking about the single. I'm not talking about the movie. I forbid you sunny poony to ever on this show ever say that oh that song is just two minutes too long oh it's just too long dude this fucking outro i'm like okay the song's over that i recognize and i'd look at my thing and be like two and a half more minutes what the fuck else is there to do
2: you have to hear him go hi
3: Ooh,
2: whoa whoa, <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs>
3: Dude, you are the king of that shit, and there's one that's even way worse than that. On this. Oh, how dare
2: you say worse in describing that? Oh my that. god! We'll get it's to it. So fucking
3: ridiculous! Cut the song down. Holy shit! I sound like you. So you are banned from using that if you don't agree to that saying for this.
0: I don't agree, and I don't take the ban. And you're banned for banning me. You're banned. You're you
3: are not allowed to judge any other song if you don't think these songs went on way too No long. opinions allowed from now on. No. Done. <laughs> All over. Alright, let's talk about the video. Um, I am now gay for having seen this video.
2: You were already gay. I already you, told you, you just, and that's okay. <laughs> this, this album and this movie help you come to terms with your yes. own sexuality. Yes. And that's why you now take baths after seeing this video. Oh, my God. So... I didn't remember it being like, dude, I'm a little uncomfortable <laughs> watching this with him like, ooh, you don't like you, you don't like how the camera carefully covers up as he's crawling. Crawling. Yeah. You don't really get to see anything because the camera is very carefully filming like him. Doves all around, shitting all
3: over the floor, and he's, and he's walking through it with his hands and stuff. Um, Prince, I forgot the whole Prince singing into the mirror, that yeah. iconic image. Oh, yeah. Video. Uh, and then they get into the white room and then there's the, the dual Prince effect where he splits up into that, yep. that whole 80s thing that people used to do in videos. And then the outfit and the whole band and stuff. You're like, he's different. He's what you would call a rock star. Yep. And yep. then all of a sudden the 90s came along and they ruined it for everybody.
2: Well, they, didn't it for no, they didn't ruin it for Prince. They didn't ruin it for Prince. And, Prince and is and unruinable. Prince,
0: and Prince was known for, like Fink will tell you himself, he got yelled at many times when he's playing with his right hand and his left hand's not doing anything and it's just laying there. And Prince was like, you got, a, got an empty hand. You better be snapping, waving, kissing. Yep. You got to be doing something. <laughs> that hand cannot be just sitting there.
3: Yep. <laughs>
0: not, yeah, whatever.
3: You got to be doing voguing, <laughs> kissing yourself yeah. your hands as you're going around your head.
0: So if you see any live print stuff, you will see that there is not a band member that is not at least dancing using both hands. There is something going on all the time. He's always pulling at his pants and he's
3: always (laughs) always tugging (laughs) at his pants. There's a problem over there. Uh (laughs) All right, Sonny, I want to know if you will die for us. Here you go.
0: I Would Die For You, obviously, a song about unconditional love. Uh, First time you hear the dad saying, I would die for you, kind of in the two-thirds into the movie about his own wife, but really you see the song during the encore, right? So there's an encore going on after Purple Rain. Now, what's interesting is they're trying to sell Apollonia. She's 19 years old. Apollonia, at this point, in reality, is 25 years old.
3: she's about 32. She's
0: 26. Right and Prince is twenty six. Um, <laughs> Fink said neither him nor Prince could play the baseline manually when they recorded the song, so they had to rig up some interface and sequencer. He goes, they were trying to do all kinds of things to make it sound right because neither one of them could play it. If you read the lyrics, I think Prince is singing from Jesus's point of view, right? Because that whole. I'm not a woman, I'm not a man, I'm something you'll never understand, or I'm your Messiah, and you're the reason why. All those kind of things. He's always kind of had this balance between sex and religion. And I don't know if it... He did it through his whole career. I don't know if he believed that sex and religions are are at opposite ends. I don't know if he believed that sex brings people into life, so it's part of religion. Like, I'm not too sure about that. It's a great song people forget sometimes. And... (laughs) I'm gonna tell you a story. So Uh-oh. he wouldn't die for Morris Day. So oh, hell nice. because of his complicated relationship with Morris, Morris wasn't even invited to the premiere of the movie. Morris had to get a ticket from a guy that was married to Prince's cousin <laughs> nice. to get to the movie. Yep. <laughs> Too bad, Morris. Yeah, so he's not dying for everybody, but uh, you know, would I die for you? I would die for you.
2: Would. you. you I would. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, that's the thing. You got to do those gotta hand do gestures. The, you got to yeah. do the. I would die for you. No, <laughs> uh, this this is a great song. This is. I love this part of the movie. Um, you know, we, we we've been joking about the movie. You know, it's not going to win any Academy Awards, but I like how the emotion kind of wraps up. You know, where this comes in as an encore. Prince is smiling. The band is smiling. They're happy. The crowd is enjoying it. It's one of the poppiest happiest most danceable pop songs of that of that era um i love it and i think that the thing that's really unique about this song is if you listen to it it's got it doesn't have your standard like rhythm it's kind of like an off tempo the 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 beat of it's it's it would be almost kind of hard to dance to Uh, prince sure as shit does it because he's prince um but sonny you mentioned it how in the movie the, the father says it prince claims it in real life his his father also said things like that and of course you brought up the christianity the message evoking uh jesus talking you know i'm the messiah um and and you're right throughout this album and the lyrics he he definitely straddles the fence between sexuality and christianity and probably part of his crippling genius that his his brain just operates on that level but um it's a great song i love it i've always been a huge fan of this one and i think another scene in the movie that really adds to it I Would Die For You, written by Prince. It
3: was the fourth single. It made it to number eight. This is a fucking like religious song. I'm like, I never knew that. Yep. It's all about religion. And I'm like, I fucking heard this song a million times. And (laughs) Heidi of the Seventh Sign. Remember that movie with Demi Moore? Oh god, yes. Remember that? Will you die for him? Yep. (laughs) Um, it's a pop uh pop song. I'm fatigued of this song. I haven't heard it in fucking a while, and I'm still fatigued from this song. I'm fatigued from listening to it. It's just, okay. There's nothing great about it with Prince on this. There's no wow. great, great vocal performance. There's no funky beat to it. It's just an easygoing pop song. It's, eh. Okay. To yeah, me, for, on this album, I'm sorry, but I'm fucking tired of it. I've heard it a million times. now. Let's go to the next song.
0: I'm a star, you know, basically a song about fake it till you make it, right? So this is, in the movie, you see this as kind of the second song of the encore. Um, When it comes back out, again, everybody's super happy to be there. I think it's almost like they're celebrating that the movie's done, (laughs) right? But uh, whatever. Total dance track. If you ain't moving when you hear this song, you may want to check your pulse because this will make people that don't know how to dance, dance. Now, I can imagine somebody telling Prince, might not know it now, but baby, I, but I are, I'm a star. Prince, you're going to sound like you're not educated. That's so annoying
2: that that's the lyrics. yeah.
0: And I can imagine Prince saying, so what? Fuck them. It rhymes, you know? And I think it's a great combo of like self-confidence and humbleness, right? The whole not done, I'm a star, you may not know it yet. You may not like me now, but you're going to like me later. There's all kinds of songs in history that are written like this that always kind of attract me. Now, this song was originally actually written in 81. So the story goes that Prince saw that Irene Cara had a hit with the song Fame. And she won an Oscar for Best Film Theme Song. That's when he first started thinking about writing a movie because he wanted a Best Film Song. So this is where he started to kind of write it, wrote this like piano synth style, Baby I'm a Star, and it kind of morphed into what you hear today. That So he does a little bit more of this backwards masking thing. So at the end, in that 20 seconds, where it's not as pronounced as the backward masking that was happening on Darling Nikki,
2: mm-hmm. but he,
0: but what it says is, so like, fuck them, man, what they all know, wait, what do they know all their taste is in their mouth really what the fuck do they know now let's go crazy that's what it says i don't know why it says that i think again i think it's just fucking with people i absolutely love this song there is just a simplicity to it and this bounciness that uh, you don't really get on the rest of the album and this feels like a dance club This is going to be in every club for the next 10 years type song. Love it.
2: Yep. I'm with you. One of the, as, as fun and happy and poppy as I would die for you is, I think this is just, it's, it's that much more of a standout. I think it, because it has more of a standard beat. um, Like I actually had that written down too. If you're not at least tapping your toes and moving your body, then you, you're going to have to get yourself checked in to see if you're still alive. Um, I love that howl at the beginning it's just it, it's Prince announcing he's here. Let's get ready to party, um, you know, and then at the end, there's a lot going on with the band. It, it, there's a lot of stops and starts. You know, there's one where he's screaming, you doctor, then the music kicks in again. and It's the band just going to town again, a real celebratory feel when you're watching this scene in the movie. Um, you know, it, it, it it's comes right in with I would die for you. Um, real happy, kind of cheerful feeling. You can see again how happy he is in the band and everybody involved. Um, so the the music and the visuals of the movie really add to that. Um, it it's just a fantastic dance song, a a, a celebration type of tune. Um, and you gotta love it. Maybe I'm a star, written by Prince. Um, uh, I'm just gonna
3: echo a lot of the song. It's a lot. Of, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a fun going song. This is a great way to end the fucking movie and everything else. Uh, Baby, I'm a star. It's the encore part of the movie. Uh, and I like that. I like the voice he is. My no knowing now. My not knowing now. Mm-hmm. Not knowing now? <laughs> 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 it's like, a little robotic. Um, It's just. And it becomes into a little bit. And I think they talked about it. That a lot of this stuff. Ends up coming into when he does the Batman soundtrack. That's what Mm -hmm. it's like Party Man and Bat Dance and stuff. This whole like little dance shit like music that he's got going on now. This is funky as hell. It's a lot of fun. This is something that you would not expect to find on a track listing of one of our previous ARC albums. Something like this. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's end with the title track.
1: I never meant to call you any pain I don't want to want
0: So we get to the spiritual purple rain. This shows up in the movie. The whole movie's really based around this song because they mentioned it several, several times. But this is basically the kid getting his final chance to impress somebody after Morris, the dick says, how's the family after his dad shoots himself? I'm like, oh, Ugh. dude, like what a dick move. Brutal. So what's interesting about this song is the whole connection with Stevie Nicks. So. She wrote Stand Back. She had gotten married. They're on the way to a honeymoon. They hear Little Corvette on the radio. She starts humming along with the melody. They they stop, get a tape recorder. She records a demo in the honeymoon suite and comes up with Stand Back. She told Prince about it. Prince came to the studio, played synthesizers on it, never got a credit. But they agreed to split the song 50-50. So Prince made a ton of money off that song. So Prince has this song. He's like, all right, I got this like epic 10-minute track. I'm trying to figure out like what to do with it. Hands it to Steven Nicks. He's like, dude, I can't do shit with this song. This song is like overwhelming. I can't do nothing with it. You're going to have to do it on your own. Come to find out that Fink said Prince was asking about Bob Seger because Bob Seger was touring at the same time, doing things like Against the Wind. And Prince couldn't find out. It's like, why did anybody listen to this shit? Like wh- what gets people off on this? And Fink tells him, you got to do something like epic. Like people, yeah, they love the three-minute songs, the four-minute songs, the dance tracks, the dirty stuff. But if you want to be taken seriously as a musician, you're going to have to come up with something that transcends who you are and becomes like bigger than life. And that's kind of where the song came from. Now, dude, at the Super Bowl, when it started raining and with the purple lights coming through, like it's like almost like Prince wished it to rain. Like, come on, dude. Like, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, but I love the song and the falsetto at the end. You know, I'm not much for epic songs. And yeah, the song gets a little long in the tooth, that's for sure. But then if you could just go ooh, 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 ooh for two and a half minutes and not get me to skip, obviously you got something, right? And it's big, it's epic, and it is what it is because, man, he made it that way.
2: Yeah, this falls uh, in a long line of epic uh, album-ending ARC songs. You know, we had uh, Outlaw Torn. We had uh, Like Suicide on Super Unknown and Outlaw Tone was on Load Metallica. I mean, this is one of the most unbelievably epic, soaring emotional ballads that you're ever going to hear. Um, I love the fact that there is a five-minute outro. You, you think the song's over and you look at it and you're like wait there's five minutes left there's nothing else going on here um it, it, it's so well put together um in the, in the way it the way it builds it starts off in each verse each chorus when they sing purple rain it gets more and more and more powerful until the song kind of reaches that that peak of emotion into that unbelievable outro. And you brought up the stevie nick story which is fantastic and i love that and i never i never knew that but my favorite story that i didn't know about and i i learned about this in that epic book that i read um is that prince wanted to speak with jonathan kane of journey about this um an unbelievable story he tells him he says i want to play something for you i want to check it out because these chord changes in the beginning of purple rain are similar to faithfully which was a massive hit by journey And jonathan kane but prince is like i don't want you to sue me when i release this song And jonathan kane says i think this is an amazing tune i'm super flattered that you even called it shows that you're that kind of guy good luck with the song i know it's going to be a hit um and I thought that was just an unbelievable thing that he did that. And another thing that I learned is that when you listen to those opening chords of purple ring, you can hear a little bit of what he was talking about with faithfully. Um, so no, I mean, you got an Epic song, but you got two great stories about two iconic eighties bands, journey and Stevie Nick. So all that put together, it just really just, it, it turns it into an amazing story and amazing song. And, um, you know, I know Zeus is going to have some problems with the extended five minute outro, but you know, we'll see.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I, Tom. Until you said that, I'm like, how come I did? I never fucking knew that before. Holy shit, that is faithfully. Yep. Yeah, I fucking. Like it didn't even occur to me. Me neither. Wow, wow. That's I, th-
0: I think the interesting part is Stevie Nicks gives him 50 percent of the song. He takes it. Kane doesn't even ask for a cent. What a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, you're right. That do- that song does sound like me. As a matter of fact, Let's Go Crazy sounds like one of my songs, too. 1999? Yeah. Um, Purple Rain, written by Prince. It went to number two, never made it to number one. Went to number four after he died. Number 18, Rolling Stone, greatest songs of all time. It's in the uh, top Hall of Fame, 500 songs that shape rock and roll. The Super Bowl, you talked about it, originally conceived as a country song, which is strange, but Dwight Yoakam does a a cover of this, and I remember buying his box set and listening. Like, dude, what is this song he's doing? Why, why do I know this? And all of a sudden he goes, well, I'm "That that fucking Dwight Yoakam, you wow, fucking version, like that vocal, that nasally delivery does." I'm like, "Holy shit, is he doing Purple Rain? Like that's so weird." It makes sense now. That that's you, pretty when cool. I, when I read that it, it was originally conceived as a country type song. I don't know. It's got a little bit of a since I've been loving you kind of vocals at the end. Um, I think of the epic long blues fucking stuff that um, Zepp was doing. And this is a long, this is what you would call an epic to me. Um, Nobody said anything about Purple Rain, what it means. Go ahead. We'll, we're I mean, sharing. sharing I, figured, I figured you guys would. I mean, I just read it off of Wikipedia. But supposedly purple rain is when there's blood in the sky, red and blue equals purple. And they also talked about the fact that he mentioned this already in 1999, the song, right? Yep. The sky was all purple. Yep. 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 The single was cut from 841 down to 405. Thank
0: fucking God. How dare you? I have a 22 minute version if you want it.
3: I've listened to that. See, I would listen to a Leonard Skinner Freebird version because that's a fucking insane probably guitar solo that rocks, but not this. At one point at the 624 mark, he's already done all this, all that shit. He's <laughs> already done it. And it's impressive and it's long. I'll give you that. I'll listen to it. It's okay. I, I'm not that complaining. But afterwards, he stopped singing. And there's like a, like a piano. And it just gets more monotone. Dude, fucking end the
0: song! How dare you? The disrespect here is... That's why it didn't get to number one. Want to take a guess on what song stopped it?
3: Well, uh, I wouldn't we don't say have to that because the, the single was four minutes. It's yeah,
0: But that. you want to take a wild guess what song stopped uh, we know know it? We don't have
2: to
3: take our clothes off?
2: No,
0: <laughs> oh, right. I just cool. like, I I like just that like, song. song. I just like that song.
3: No, I, I read it. What was it? Say it.
0: Wake me
2: up before, yeah,
3: before you I go go. 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 The wham! Oh, God. Yeah,
2: come on. Good <laughs> God Almighty. Yeah. I mean, Die I like. G- I mean, I like George Michael, but that song is Get just a disaster. Up. And right now, there's your Patreon bonus video. Sonny just did the Jitterbug dance from "Wake Me Up Before You Go Go."
4: Oh, <laughs>
3: good lord. Um. Anyways, that's Purple Rain, the song, and that's the end of the album. Um. And supposedly, uh, as, as far as the movie goes that's like he comes out and he does an emotional song that connects with people. Right. Yep. And that's how it, it it ends the movie. And it was so good. He was thought he didn't want to, he didn't know that the people reacted. He was going, throwing a hissy fit in the, in the, in the backroom stage. And then he got called out for more, uh um, encores. He kisses Apollonia. And then he goes out and sings the last two songs, the previous two songs we just kind of discussed. Yep. And then that's kind of the end of the movie. So, um, Final thoughts.
0: All right. So movie wise, I'll do that first. If Amplonia doesn't show her tits and if (laughs) Prince doesn't do the music, this could be the worst movie ever made in the history of movies. Besides the Godfather.
2: Oh, wait until I pick the Breaking soundtrack for (laughs) ARC.
3: We have to watch that movie. Dude. Thank you, Sonny. So you admit that this is a fucking
0: horrendous. Oh yeah. It's a horrible movie. Um, from a music standpoint, I listened to the album yesterday, you know, over the last 38 years, I probably heard these songs thousands of times. And I would say from the first woo in let's go crazy, the songs instantly make me feel good. The man lived his life with no fucks given. He played rock better than rock musicians. He composed jazz better than jazz guys. He performed better than anyone and he never really ended up abandoning Being a funk guy, a party leader, true MC, pop, R&B, new wave. He had mass appeal, everywhere. I own everything Prince. I got bootlegs. I got live recordings. I got shows. I got alternate versions. I probably have at least one terabyte, possibly two terabytes worth of Prince stuff. Guy's been a soundtrack my whole life. I didn't know him. Never met him. Missed the dude every single day of my life. My favorite musician. Of all time, hands down, nobody touches him. More than Kiss. More than Kiss. This is my number one favorite artist of all time. Kiss is number two. My top three has two non-rock people in it. So Kiss is number two for me.
2: The fuck is number three? Hall of Notes. Nice. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. um, The reason I enjoy this movie is because I take it for what it is. I, I, I accept it for what it is. And it, I said it earlier, it's a vehicle for Prince to showcase himself visually as opposed to just on record or cassette or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, the movie's not good. It's, it's, it's it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's stupid. It's a stupid movie. It's not good. But I found myself enjoying it because I'm like, okay, this is a stupid scene. I'm waiting for him to get back to the club so we can sing Darling Nikki. Like that, that's, that's what you want. And, and they knew that. They knew that. They tried to throw a story in there, the story was dumb. First of all, he goes by the kid. He's never <laughs> known as Prince. He's dumb. Um, Come on,
3: Tom. You know, this reminds you of fucking let him sing all his dialogue.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, We got to win. There's red race. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, you know, uh, but separate from the movie, the, the album is short of like the kiss records. You know, I would say that like these types of records are probably the ones that have been part of my life the longest. And whether it's the it's controversy or 1999 or Purple Rain or Sign of the Times or whatever, which came on, you know, after what a what a run Prince had, by the way, Um, it's you know we're going to get into the rankings in in a minute, but you know we talked about the album. It covers love and sadness and grief and joy, confusion, anger, heartbreak. There's every single emotion. Sex fiend? You you forgot Sex fiend. Sex fiend too. Yeah. Yeah. You just say it's about love. It's about passion. It's it's, it's, it's it's not about the shit stained. It's not it's it's not about the, it's not about the rusty trombone, <laughs> dirty Sanchez. No, it's not. It's not about that. Anal pleasures. I mean, you got ballads, you got epics, you got dance tracks, you got emotional kind of rocker types. So it checks off every box, and every song is a banger. It's it's Purple Rain. I mean, it's trying to. Des- it, how do you describe it? You know, it's just it's Prince.
3: All right. So I had a greatest hit CD until he got stolen. I know all his hits, most of his hits. I've never had anything where I'm like, I hate Prince or fuck Prince. Anything like that. Whereas I get these uh, unhealthy hatred to certain musicians that I never got into. I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. I I think he is a musical genius. I, I think that the whole guitar thing's a little overrated, but that's just me. Now, seeing the movie for the first time certainly makes me appreciate him as a musician, uh, because that is some of the worst acting I've ever seen. It's just in the worst writing, the worst. Oh, just, I think the director of that needs to be tagged in this, Tom, so
2: we can go two for two. I don't know if Albert Magnoli has a Twitter feed, but uh, we could check. I don't even know if he's still alive. God bless him. He's huge on Twitter. Oh, I'm sure he is. He has 3 million followers. Oh, he does? Yeah. Okay, good for him. (laughs) Tom, you have
3: a lot more patience for these things because you said the same thing with Detroit Rock City. You're like, yeah, I liked it for what it is. I I can't like this for what it is. It's fucking horrendous. Okay. But the music is fantastic. It's a fun album. I like the fact that I just discovered a lot of the, the... A lot of the other like three songs that aren't hits (laughs) that we don't know. I like that. Um, It's fun to get into this. Um, The thing is with this, I don't like the hits as much as I like the hits on 1999, but how do you not like these songs? It's just not possible.
2: I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm going to disagree with you there a little bit. 1999 is a, is a special album. That is my
3: favorite Prince song. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite pop songs of all time.
2: I'm telling you, there was a there was literally a hair separating which album I was gonna pick. Do it again in the future. We have plenty I, of time I'm to proud. come around. Yeah. And that video with the two girls like fucking
3: scissoring, basically playing the <laughs> keyboard with one hand, <laughs> yep. and the fucking little Japanese black guy looking like yep. the guy from Two Live Crew. <laughs> Big fat
4: <laughs> I can't Don't even do it. Don't do it. Just, Don't do it.
3: Just like uh Damon Wayne said on his show, thinking about me so horny. Well, what is he supposed to do, Tom?
2: Um, lyrics and be so corny. <laughs> Take out that gold tooth. Take out that gold tooth and <laughs> go buy yourself some pussy
3: and then you won't be so horny.
2: Exactly. And your music You'll, won't be, won't so, be corny. so corny. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best.
3: Anyway, I'm happy you picked this. Uh, you got me to see a movie that I probably should have seen years ago and be like, I remember that fucking horrible movie. But it's one of those things, again, that you look back your childhood movies that you watch on cable TV. You're like, Oh, I remember Hawk, the Slayer. And then I watched it again recently. And I'm like, Holy fuck. That's the same woods that they keep running by every two minutes. at the same place.
2: I'm telling you, be careful about going back as an adult to watch the things you enjoyed as a kid. It loses its luster a lot. I've done that before. Oh my God. But anyways, I'm glad you
3: picked this. It's Prince. There's yep. some fatigue in uh, some of my decision on this stuff. Of but course. anybody that doesn't look at Prince and be like, Jesus Christ, this guy's got talent. That boy's, that boy's got, got talent. talent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ain't nothing but the, the jitterbug. Um, let's go to what we normally do. We rank these songs. How do you want the order to go? This is your pick. Tom, you tell me.
2: Uh, I'll go first. You want to go first? Go ahead. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain this to you here. To me... Spoiler here. Um, every single song on this is the, this is the first album we've done 20 out of six. I don't even know. Every song to me is a five-star banger. Okay. Wow. So here is how I rank these. There was one song that nudged itself a little higher than others, which is at number one. And in order for me to make this ranking easy and painless for me, I literally opened up the album on iTunes and I hit shuffle. And the order of the songs played is my order for the rankings. Cause I, I cause I couldn't decide on a ra- the sunny fucking way of picking an album. No. I couldn't decide because my number nine could be my number one. So that being said, my number nine is the beautiful ones. Yep. All right. Well, that's great because that's my number nine.
0: Okay. Sunny. My number nine is. Computer Blue. Because he needed the money. That is
2: (laughs) borderline.
3: I love that (laughs) one.
2: Little (laughs) Boy Blue.
3: He needed the money.
2: Computer (laughs) Blue as the last rank song. That's hate speech. Is that your favorite
3: Dice, Dirty uh, Mother's Goose line? Oh, no, no. What's your favorite?
0: Uh, uh, What was it? Little Miss Muffet. Wait.
3: Saturn and Tuff. It's thing. the
0: one where she came back with a buck 50. Yeah. It's
3: oh, yeah. Fucking whore. Oh,
0: no. yeah. Jack and Jill went up the hill. Yeah, yeah. that's the one. Yeah. Both yeah. with a buck and a quarter. She yeah. came yeah. down with two. Not three.
3: his first special. Her uterus fell out. Old okay. man. Yeah. The yeah. second one people like his seven when they came on cassette, people were yelling at him do something. He seemed annoyed. Oh, yeah.
1: He's like, All All right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Uh, it was one of those old women in shoes. She had so many children. You know what to do? So she started sucking dick. <laughs>
0: Dude, Dice is awesome
3: I fucking died on that one I think that's hilarious <laughs> Alright, now we're on another detour Back into the lane Number 8, Tom, off your fucking
2: shuffle <laughs> I told you I couldn't do it Because they're all That's how it worked uh, Number 8, When Doves Cry Oh, this is easily number 8 I would die for you <sighs> Boy, you guys are hurting my soul right now with these rankings.
0: You didn't oh, care. Wait. wait till you hear my number eight. <laughs> Purple rain.
3: Yes, honey. <laughs>
2: you motherfuckers.
3: How? You just did shuffle.
2: Did I, though? Oh. Did I? <laughs> so you're lying to us, Greg. I don't know, am I? That'll be the poll question. Did Tom really shuffle his rankings? <laughs> Number really seven, shuffle that- his ball bag. Go ahead. Why don't you shuffle your ass out of here?
3: Yeah. Why
2: don't you uh, shake your ass on home? <laughs> <laughs> number seven for me, darling Dickie.
3: All right. I have my number one done. I have nothing else written here. Oh, I'm doing geez, that's this as even as worse. I'm doing this as I go. I'm. It's, oh, and it's, that's better you. than me shuffling. All right. So I think I've got to go with, um. I'll go with computer blue.
0: Balls blue. Go ahead, sonny. You're up. Seven. My number seven is take me with you. No.
2: That is my number six. Oh, you ain't like me.
3: All right. So number six, take me with you for Tom. For six with me. I'm gonna go um purple rain. Oof. Too fucking my, long.
0: <laughs> my number six is The Beautiful Ones.
2: Okay. Five for me, Purple Rain. All right.
3: So I've got uh, a few left. So I'm going to go number five with... Uh, I'll have to go with... Uh, I'm just thinking, do I like
4: that?
2: <laughs> so I will like gar- the song. I'll go with Darling Nikki.
0: Uh, Five for me is I Would Die For You.
2: That is my number four.
0: Uh,
3: Number four for me will be um, When Doves Cry.
0: Number four for me is Darling Nikki.
3: How is that not your number one? I don't understand.
0: It's not my number one. There's three better songs.
2: Number three. Yeah, but you're the
3: horniest person I know.
2: That's okay. (laughs) Number three, Baby, I'm a Star. My nano in now.
3: Yes, I are baby.
2: Yes, I are. Oh my god.
3: Uh, baby, I'm a star for Tom at number three. That leaves me with three songs left. Um, I'm gonna go with "Let's Go Crazy."
2: <sighs> Breath is being taken out of me. Three
0: for me is when Dubs cry.
2: Two for me, you. Evil people is computer blue.
0: Ah, uh,
3: to f- Um, two for me, baby. I'm a star.
0: Two for me is let's go crazy.
2: Let's go news. And that is my numero uno. Let's
3: go crazy for Tom. Um, to me, the funnest and late least fatigue song on here that I like. Take me with you. I think it's such a catchy pop tune. Nice. Yeah.
0: Uh, to me, number one, all the way is baby. I'm a star. It's so much fun. And it's if erotic city, if erotic city was on this album, it would have been number one. Like For, yeah. I love those two songs. Yep. Nice.
2: Yep. Good stuff.
3: no, no, no. All
0: right. So top four. Tied for well, we had a tie for number one. So third was the one doves cry. Two was take me with you. And tied for number one was Baby I'm a star and let's go crazy.
4: Okay. Wow. So,
2: yeah. Nice.
3: Baby I'm a star was actually played on the Super
2: Bowl. Yes. Which is weird because that's some people would consider that a mid-level deep cut. Yeah. 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 Well, nice. that's uh
3: the tracks. Now we go and compare the album cover to all the other album covers we've done. Uh, Tom, do you want to read the album covers we've done?
2: Yes, I will do that. We have done, these are the albums we've done so far. We have done Appetite for Destruction, Slide It In, OU812, Super Unknown, Pyromania, Load, Peace of Mind, Bon Jovi, Blizzard of Oz, Jar of Flies, Winger, Single soundtrack, Mechanical Residence, Odyssey, Hailstorm, Detonator, Highway to Hell, Once Bitten, Look What the Cat Dragged In, Hotel California, Back for the Attack, 10, Bad English, Down to Earth, Shout at the Devil, Slave to the Grind, and now Purple Rain. Wow. And my rankings that I have, my top five rankings... For my covers right now, I have at number five, Pyromania, four, Appetite for Destruction, three, Peace of Mind, two, Highway to Hell, one, Blizzard of Oz. And an album cover that has Prince riding a purple motorcycle with Apollonia's cleavage in the background is the slam dunk number one pick of the century. Oh,
3: Oh, wow.
2: Number one, without a doubt beep beep exactly wow i didn't expect that oh how could you not prince motorcycle apollonia Easy. Right.
3: purple rains number one for tom um for me i've had hotel california blizzard of oz Appetite, peace of mind and slide it in it is nowhere in the top five for me so i'm gonna say it's an iconic album cover i will say that but for me where do i like it um I'll put that just under once bitten and ahead of back for the attack. Cool. At number 11.
0: My top five right now, five is Blizzard of Oz. Four is once bitten. Three is Hotel California. Two, slided in. One, peace of mind. It's not beating Eddie. It's not beating Snake and Titties. But it is beating Hotel California. So I got it at number three.
2: Well, see, I thought this had a shot because it does have a little bit of the shadow yeah, cleavage going on there with yeah. Apollonia. Come on, snakes not and titties? N- not, enough. not enough. Okay, all not right. Enough. Well, but I didn't know if Hondas and titties might kind of, you know, I didn't know if maybe that would break it. <laughs> it could
3: be up there for the most iconic. That in Hotel California for me was, I would say, the most legendary, and then Appetite, Appetite, probably could be. Yep.
4: Yeah, just yep.
3: because it also the amount of albums they've sold put yeah. it ahead of, you know, let's say a more um, like fun to look at peace of mind cover. But yeah. Yeah. That's yep. a good one. All right. Let's go where we rank the album. Tom, you want to take us off?
2: Yeah. So my top five right now at number five, I got Pyromania, single soundtrack, mechanical resonance, 10 and shout at the devil at number one. Um, I said this before we have done, some amazing albums, this list includes some of my all-time favorite albums since I was a kid but we are talking about in my opinion, the first stone-cold five-star A-plus, no-skips album on this entire thing for me it's the new king of ARC for me, it's number one
3: you realize the last, like four, like three out of the last five albums
2: are your top three yeah, because we've done Purple Rain shout at the devil and 10. Those, I mean, it's I can't help it. Wow. They keep getting they keep getting bounced. Wow.
3: Yep. So my top five are Hotel California, Blizzard of Oz, Pyromania, Appetite, Back for the Attack. Um, where am I putting this Prince album? Um, I'm looking at some of these. I'm like, why did I have this less than this? Like, over time... Wait,
2: hold on. We're going to come back to that in a minute, because I actually have a question I wanted to drop on you guys. Yeah, that's fine.
3: I'm putting this mm, right underneath load at 21.
2: (sighs) Oh, more hate speech. Yeah. Oh,
3: It's a pop album. I'm not into uh, pop music as much as you guys are. Okay. I'm not. Um, I got you. I like more rock. I'll listen to country. I'll listen to other stuff, but rock. I mean, uh, country? No. I mean, I mean uh, pop? No. Like, okay. uh, uh, it's just not my style of music. And I, I almost put it fucking below bad English because I like when I see you smile better than probably almost any song on that.
0: Thing. I would
2: have, I would have had you executed if you did that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, that's me, uh, Sonny. All right, so my top five right now, number five is Once Bitten, four is Mechanical Resonance, three is Appetite, two is Slided In, and one is Hailstorm. Now, it matters. My Dead Lass is Load, and my second to Dead last is Jar of Flies. This is better than Jar of Flies. Um, is it better than Odyssey? I don't know. Oh, Dude, he's stop not fucking around stuff. It's number
2: one. It's I knew one. it. Come Thank on. you. <laughs> <laughs> a new number one for Sunny hailstorm uh, is is toppled. I should have put it fucking lower then.
3: Because you two, that's <laughs> gonna fucking dominate now for the rest of the time. Two of you guys have this as number one.
2: I thought there no was no a one's touch it. See, sunny is weird sometimes. I could picture being like I like Prince, but you know, purple rain. I put it eighth. You know,
0: that's what I was. It's expecting. not my favorite, it's not my favorite. Uh, Prince album, but it, it is number one.
2: Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right.
3: Well, that is Prince's Purple Rain. So now we get into this.
0: So for Rock Hard, I got a movie this uh, this time, two thousand one. I don't know if you guys ever saw the movie. What's the worst that could happen?
2: I know it, but I I I know it, but I don't think I've seen it.
0: So the uh, the main characters here are Martin Lawrence and Danny DeVito. John Liguizamo plays a pretty big character. So basically, Martin Lawrence is a thief. His character is a thief. Liguizamo is his number one sidekick. And they're planning to rob Danny DeVito, who's kind of a shady businessman. And what ends up happening is, you know, it's kind of a comedy. It's basically a comedy. And in the comedy, Danny DeVito catches Martin Lawrence stealing. Yeah. So he calls the cops. And as the cops are questioning what's going on, Danny DeVito goes, hey, he's wearing my ring. And he steals Martin Lawrence's ring that he just got from his girlfriend. And then the whole movie is about Martin Lawrence trying to get it back. So there's this kind of cool relationship between the two of them on screen. All the acting is great. It's a hilarious movie. So if you haven't seen it, 2001, easy watch. What's the worst that could happen? It's basically PG-13. You can watch it with anybody you want, and it's hilarious. Bernie Max in the movie. He does a great job with it.
2: Got to love Bernie Mac. Rest in peace. Oh, All right. As usual, I usually have TV shows or movies, you know, books. That's what we talk about. And I talk about horror movies a lot. Um, I don't know if it's because the dead of winter or what, but uh, there's been a lot of horror movies dropping on some of the streaming services lately. Some of them are okay. Most of them are terrible. Um, I'm extremely, extremely picky about my horror movie, but I caught one that I'm not going to tell you that it was great, but it was entertaining because it was kind of unique and stupid at the same time. Uh, And it's a movie that just dropped on Netflix at the beginning of the month. It was it's not from 2022. I, I believe it came out maybe a year or so ago. It's a movie called Countdown. And the plot is very simple and very silly, but the execution of the movie is actually quite good. It's about an app that you install on your phone. That tells you precisely when you're going to die and all these oh, kids right. it's the big thing at school all these all these kids are talking about it they put it on their phone they're like oh yeah this is so stupid oh look it says i got another 52 years to live and one kid goes this says i have three and a half hours left to live and they're like oh ho, 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 ho. well you can imagine what happens in three and a half hours so th- then it, it teams up um my favorite girl from season one of you is the star of it Oh, oh she love her. So she teams up with this other guy. They try to figure out what the hell is going on. And it ends up being like a backstory that it's not just an app. Again, it's fun. It's easily digestible. It's about a 90 minute movie. It's got some jump scares. You know, there's not a lot of blood and guts and stuff. Just kind of a creepy movie, kind of silly, but fun. If you have Netflix, it's worth checking out. Countdown.
3: Okay. So. Since we're on a movie kick, I'll go with uh, one of my favorite movies. I love historical uh, movies that are, you know, uh, tell a story that we all like to know a little bit more about and kind of make you feel like you're part of the action and stuff. So the movie that I'm picking uh, to talk about is Thirteen Days. Oh, so good! It was uh, came out in two thousand. Okay, so it's about the Cuban Missile Crisis. So it it stars Kevin Costner um, who was a who's playing Kevin uh, Ken O'Donnell um, who was an assistant to the Kennedy uh, administration to John F. Kennedy it's from his perspective as uh, you know what he's seeing so although it does obviously show uh, JFK Robert Kennedy and the rest of what's going on in the administration trying to solve the Cuban Missile Crisis it's really the assistant who everything's going through and showing you all the action and stuff. It is amazing. the, The drama, every time you think the problem is resolved, something else comes up constantly making you on edge. Like, even though we all know what happened, but there's a lot of historical aspect of it. And if you got, like I had the DVD, it's got like all these fucking commentaries bubble up shit that fucking pop up stuff about all these historical figures that had some role in the Cuban missile crisis. It also has Bruce Greenwood and Stephen Culp. Those are the other that play JFK and RFK. The The movie is so fascinating and such a great historical depiction of what went on then, especially now when we are hearing, and the reason I thought about this was hearing about what's going on with Ukraine and Russia, and are they moving stuff? And they're trying to get this solve with diplomacy, and is it going to work? And this, that you want to see how the geniuses made it work? Check out 13 Days uh, again, it came out in 2000. It is a fucking awesome movie, and uh, I think anybody sees it, you don't get all political about it. You just see what happened, where everybody actually gave a shit about the country and had nothing to do, whether you were left or right, or Republican or Democrat. It's a fucking great movie. Uh, take a look at it and see if you uh, tell me if you watch it, what you think.
2: Um, C- couldn't so- agree with you more, Zeus. I just want to jump in. That is one yeah. of my favorite historical drama. T- that I remember the first time I saw, it, I was like, this movie should be a bigger deal than it is. I mean, the story is obviously a true story, but the way they they do in Bruce Greenwood. He is always in those kinds of political movies. Yeah. He's so good. Stephen Culp, so good. Really a great movie. I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I, I just like
3: that they didn't get into all the fucking, oh, where are we going to show the parts? JFK, yeah. Women. Yeah. Like it's not sensations. It's about that. It's not story. what it's about.
2: Right. Right. Not about the anal pledges. And by the way, when every time, you, every time someone in the news or you just know, every time someone says Ukraine, I just think of Kramer and Newman playing risk and the guy on the subway smashing the risk. Do not code. say Ukraine You weak. say Ukraine weak. I <laughs> <laughs> smash your game. Kramer's like, what do you mean? Ukraine is a sitting duck. Ukraine is weak. They're feeble.
3: So, Sonny, tell us where can people find you?
0: Uh, always a great time. Just got back from the Monsters of Rock cruise. Uh, I was there live when Danger Danger recorded their live album Unleashed in the Ukraine. So <laughs> I was I was in the third row. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so growing up rock, one podcast and podcast Rock City, all kiss podcasts, the other podcast. So I'm out there and I'm back, baby. I'm back.
2: Nice, Tom. What about us? Are we around? we're around check us out our email shout it out at gmail.com shout it at gmail.com uh you can find us on all the social media twitter facebook instagram uh dm us direct message uh we're also part of the wonderful pantheon podcast network of uh, tons of great shows on there uh we also have a patreon thank you to all our patreon subscribers you can check us out there as well patreon.com or patreon the app uh for any new listeners out there We are an all kiss podcast that drop kiss episodes every Saturday. And then we do these album review crew episodes once a month in a rotation. So purple rain was my pick. Next up, we have Sonny with his pick. Um, If you like what you hear, uh, if you have suggestions, if you want to be part of the Patreon pick for ARC, become part of our Patreon. And uh, that'll be a, a part of the rotation too. We do me, Sonny, Zeus, Patreon pick, and then circle back around.
3: All right, and don't forget to send us DMs on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can uh, subscribe to our YouTube YouTube. channel. Uh, That subscription thing is blowing up and uh, it's doing so well, I can't get around from saying the stupid fucking saying, which makes me have to drop it in every time I say it. Therefore, uh, I'm going to move on to our uh, five-star Stop. Child Reviews, which you can give us on Apple uh, Podcast or on Podchaser, Spotify, I think does it now too as well, uh, and a few other places. And don't forget, you can also uh, email us at shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. Shoutitoutloudcast gmail.com. What we like to do is end on famous last words. Lyrics from the album. Tom, you want to lead us off?
2: Let's go crazy. Let's get nuts. Look for the purple banana (laughs) till they put us in the truck. Let's go. (laughs) I don't know what the hell you're talking about, Prince, but okay. Mine's a little more to the point.
0: I woke up the next morning. Nikki wasn't there. I looked all over, and all I found was a phone number on the stairs. It said, thank you for a funky time. Call me up whenever you want to
4: grind.
2: Ooh,
1: Ooh. <laughs> That's
2: usually how I end most of my phone calls at work. <laughs> Thanks for calling. It was a good conversation. Thank you for a funky time. <laughs> hey look me over tell me do you
0: like what you see
2: do you like kiss <laughs> do, do you like prince hey I got no money
0: because I'm a podcaster
2: some <laughs> <'Cause> am <I'm>
0: B.A.F. <laughs>
3: I had to. You realize Sonny says that fucking to us all the time. <laughs> Broke as fuck. Uh, <laughs> but, honey, I'm rich on personality. <laughs> you got, you got, you got what Indeed. I need. <laughs> but I'm rich on personality. <laughs> oh, what All right. Sonny Pooney, Tom, Loudcasters, Kiss Army, Prince Army, everybody on their mopeds, beep, beep.
0: Thank you. Yeah, thanks for listening. Always a great time. My pick is next. We're going to go from 25 million albums to 25 albums sold. (laughs) And I think I bought three of them.
2: (laughs) I'm trying not to laugh right now. Uh, broke as fuck. I was just gonna say, it broke no, I, I, I'm still laughing at the BAF, but no, thank you guys. Thanks, thanks all the listeners out there. I hope you guys had fun with this one. We sure as hell did, as you could tell. Sonny, thank you as always, Zeus, guys. Thank you for a funky time.
3: Peace out, Girl Scout. Sonny, want to tell us a quick story about broke as fuck? Why do you call people broke as fuck? Because they ain't got no money. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So basically, everything that we talk about in California, we just put an AF at the end of it, right? Yeah. Hot as fuck, yep. Broke as fuck. Uh, I don't know. Uh, ugly as dirty fuck. as fuck. Ugly <laughs> as fuck. Yeah, we got it all. So skeezy as fuck, fucking <laughs> yeah. all that. So shit. why why is somebody living with their mama? Broke as fuck. Why are they living in the basement? Broke as fuck. Yep. <laughs> why do they have an ankle brace in? <laughs> they got caught trying to. <laughs> Steal Because they was broken. Spot. What? So, so let, 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 let,
2: since we're not on the text group here we're talking here ver, real quick, because I know it's 430.
3: Uh, you want me to what? end this, the recording?
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Maryland sports fans. There's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Bet Fred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more.